0: Guys, welcome to the, you know, welcome back going. to this is the film theorists. This is episode three. We are doing something today. Horror. That's we have a special guest. It sounds
1: like someone from Texas or something. I don't know. That, that sounds like that sound was like my a Texas accent. Well, that
0: was my best attempt.
1: All right. So this <laughs> is Chloe and Steve, the film theorists. Yep. But you like to say Steve and Chloe, but well, we pointed that out last time. Yeah. That's
0: fine. I don't even remember because it's been months, and I don't even remember doing the last episode.
1: So this is the horror episode, and we're gonna eventually get to Quiet Place Part Two, but that might not be for a while.
0: Wait, why? Are we not doing it in this episode?
1: No, no, I'm saying we'll do it at the end.
0: Oh my god.
1: Yeah. You know, I mean, we'll we'll touch on it, but anyways. <laughs> so this is the long awaited horror episode for ourselves too, right? Because we, we planned wanted to it, do
0: and then we yeah, yeah, were yeah, we like a wanted... bunch of stuff happened and we just couldn't.
1: Right, right. Yeah, so we did Godzilla vs. Kong as our first official episode and that, that's kinda considered a horror film, I guess, but then we switched all the way over mm-hmm. to anime. <laughs> yeah, it's Godzilla not- vs. Kong is horror in the monster sense. We'll get through we'll get into that. But, yeah, well
0: uh, we've not been consistent.
1: Right. So uh so okay, let me do a quick intro on horror. I, I got this thing written out. All right, you ready? Alright, I'm ready. I'm going to say horror gets no respect outside the filmmakers and the fans who love it. It is the heavy metal of film because I love heavy metal, too. And you like hard rock, right? Yeah, I do. But, but, but I feel like, you know, in any kind of show, TV show or whatever, or, or definitely like the Grammys or any kind of music show mm-hmm. or anything where music is used, Guess what to pump up the crowd, guess what style of music they use? What? Heavy metal. Heavy metal, hard <laughs> rock, whatever. ACDC, Metallica, whenever one of those bands is on any kind of a show, they do all the pop artists and all that, and guess what they close with? The heavy metal band. Cuz mm-hmm. why? It's it's like the most, you know, exciting music there is. And I feel like horror but doesn't get any respect.
0: Yeah.
1: And I feel like horror is the heavy metal of film uh so i said it's the redheaded stepchild of story genre yet it, yet it's maybe the most powerful most intense and most versatile genre there is when a horror film is about to be released and fans see those trailers they will flock to see it because most horror films are lower budget it's almost guaranteed box office success There, that's my little intro <laughs> nice on, on horror so <laughs> so um so let's talk about our horror history. So, uh, I mean, I know that you don't have as much history as me because you're younger. But um, yeah. like, what's, what is your or- earliest memories of horror stories, scary stories, movies, or TV shows?
0: I mean, so I always avoided that because I have had like um, anxiety and panic disorder since a wee babby. But oh okay <laughs> uh, yeah I, I always like avoided that kind of thing because yeah. I, like I didn't even watch the news because it would stress me out um, oh wow the first horror movie I watched was like I
1: was in high school <laughs> oh wow okay so you're you're late to the game kind of
0: <laughs> yeah because I couldn't but I'm medicated now so
1: <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> uh, um no so I not I just, even when you were. So, not even when like if your parents were watching something scary, you wouldn 't watch it with them, you would have totally avoided
0: um my mom doesn 't like scary stuff, and my dad pretty much just right. watches what my mom 's watching unless I give them something to watch but now i 'm super into horror like the well first of all, because we 've been we 're going to like we were beefing up to record this episode for the last right. month all i 've watched is just only horror movies,
1: yeah, that 's cool, <laughs> yeah, and I know I gave you some titles to watch and uh you gave me a few too, so I try to watch, you know, things that, that you like and you're familiar with. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, because my my earliest horror, I mean, it goes way back. I'm I'm like, and, and I even stories like, so you don't remember even when you were younger, wa- uh, reading sort of scary stories. You didn't, you sort of avoided that as well.
0: Um, I avoided that because I just didn't understand the like appeal to want to be scared. The earliest horror movie I have experience with was whenever you recorded that home movie of Silver Lake.
1: <laughs> oh, our Silver Lake movie. Oh, our wow. Silver Lake home well, that movie. Was, <laughs> that was definitely the first horror movie you starred in or co-starred. <laughs> yeah. But it was actually kind of the first sort of scary movie that you really watched too?
0: I don't know. I, I really just I, I, mean, it's fine. Avoided, I just avoided horror until like I went and yeah. saw it when it was in theaters. And I was like, oh, this is stupid. And then I discovered horror movies are not scary. And the only movie that's ever actually scared me was Jaws.
1: Yeah, let's talk about that. So it's interesting to me that, that now you've seen Hereditary, Midsummer. I mean, these super, to me, super intense mm-hmm. movies, or at least where there's scenes that are super intense. Yet, those didn't scare you, per se, no. as much as Jaws.
0: Well, so I avoided these movies for years and years because I, the idea that they were, like, going to scare me was worse than the actual scariness. Because, like, the idea I okay. built up in my head, it was going to be so horrible. And I was like, it's going to haunt me in my dreams, and I'll never be able to sleep again. Yeah. And then when I finally yeah. watched it, I was like, this actually is just chill. Um, and now I pretty much just watch whatever. See, Hereditary, um, like... I think it just depends on what I'm afraid of, because I'm genuinely terrified of the ocean. So okay. Jaws was yeah. horrifying. And I have to actually watch it again this week for a class of mine, and I'm really upset about it.
1: Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. That's,
0: that's um neat. We're watching Jaws, and I'm upset. But uh, the, other than that, the movie Requiem for a Dream scared me, but that was just because that movie is really, like, have you ever seen it?
1: Requiem for a Dream. No. I think I, I forget who the director is. I think I know the director, though. Because he's made other movies. But, yeah, I've never seen it.
0: That movie has also scared me. Um, I'd recommend you see it at least once. It's not a horror movie. It's, like, a drug abuse kind of message. And it's really, um, like, stressful. Um, Real
1: intense, then. Like a horror movie. Real intense. yeah. Yeah.
0: And that wasn't even a horror movie, so that stressed me out. But, like... I don't know. I just avoided horror movies because of the idea of them. And now that I've watched them, they're not scary because I know how they're made. I think because of all the classes I've taken and stuff, they just I can kind of just see through enough that they don't yeah. bother me.
1: Right. Yeah. And, and just to, even to use the word horror. So, you know, there's sort of it because there's so many subgenres and, and, you know, what is horror? I mean, what? how would you describe a film? If you call the film horror, what what elements ha- would have to be in it for you to call it horror, in your mind?
0: Um, definitely, I don't know, because I don't like jump scares. I think they're stupid. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, what makes a movie horror, in your mind? I, I, I'm putting you on the spot, but, I mean, it, it, it's kind of uh, uh, hard to define. It really. is,
0: because it's like, it depends, because, yeah. like, for me, Jaws, that's my horror movie. But, like, I wouldn't consider yeah. Midsommar or... Hereditary. hereditary i guess i i don't know i wouldn't consider them horror just more thrillers because they they're not scary they're it's, like well first of all midsummer yeah, is a, a movie about a breakup that's right, like right. an anti-love yeah, so story so that's right relationships
1: scary. right relationships play a big role in uh midsummer which you don't think of the word relationships really to define horror Yeah. So I see what you see what you mean by that. Whereas it's interesting that you say Jaws to you is clearly horror because it scared you yet. Some people would say Jaws is not even a horror film. It's a thriller.
0: Well, I think (laughs) the thing about horror is it's so personal. Horror is so personal that like each individual, it's hard to like, that's why I think you were talking about how it's really hit or miss. Like you either love it or you hate it is because it is so personal in that something will scare one person, but then the other will be like, this is stupid. So it's like, Right, it has to be tailored to a specific audience, so um, it just really depends, I guess,
1: yeah, and I remember in conversations we had uh in text, I think maybe more than a month ago, where I mentioned um the Walking Dead, and then you said, well I, I don't even think of that as horror,
0: yeah, I never considered that. I watched it when I was like twelve.
1: But I can understand you not thinking of it as horror because there's so many things in it that aren't horror. And that's what's so attractive of <laughs> yeah. Walking Dead is that it, it has all of the good things that make a good film, you know, story, characters, you know, themes, all that kind of stuff. Yet it is in the context of horror. I'm sorry. I, 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 and I
0: didn't even register that because i watched it as like when i was like 12 or whatever in my head like okay zombies but i also play i played the game like plants versus zombies and there were other just like <laughs> media stuff that made zombies seem goofy so That's then true. i was kind of more immersed in the relationships of the show and yes. the drama yeah. rather than the oh i'm scared right um, yeah and I because the that. first like four seasons of that show the first five really were really really good right so yeah
1: and I that's about as far yeah. Actually I think I, I don't even think I've gone through season four. I think I did the first three seasons and then I just I'm not a I just can't do like twelve seasons of a story. <laughs> I just,
0: um yeah. I watched season one through okay, I watched six and then like I started seven, but the first episode of season seven made me angry, so I quit watching.
1: Yeah. Well, we talked a little bit about your, your history and basically you didn't really get started really with horror until, until high school. Yeah. And, uh, that's actually, that's pretty true of me, except that I do have memories of things when I was younger. So, um, some of these old shows that were on TV, uh, that my dad used to love too. And so I just would watch them with him. Twilight Zone, of course. Now. I'm too, too young to even have watched Twilight Zone when it first came out, which was in the sixties, but like in the seventies, it was, playing all these reruns. Rod Serling was the inventor of Twilight Zone. And there's a lot of horror elements in Twilight Zone. A lot of scary, s- scary stuff, you know?
0: Well, beside yeah. that, that theme song triggers my fight or flight response. <laughs> oh, I've never watched go. Twilight Zone. Yes. But whenever that theme song comes on, this the hair on my arms and neck, it just stands yeah. I hate it. about it. makes me feral.
1: Yeah, that that that... Right. That music has become iconic with, you know, something intense and scary. Yeah. And uh, even though there's a lot of sci-fi elements to Twilight Zone, of course. But uh, but so that's some, one of my earliest shows is Twilight Zone, but of course in reruns. And then Rod Serling also did another show called Night Gallery that's considered sort of a Twilight Junior. But I love Night Gallery, too. In fact, I bought the box set. I have the box set of Twilight Zone every episode and I have the box set of Night Gallery, which was a wow. show he did like like i think it started in 69 or 70 and then maybe two or three seasons of that uh of night gallery and uh and uh and i remember watching uh some of the old godzilla and king kong movies too when i was a kid (laughs) and and those are considered those are just goofy yeah they're goofy and but they're considered a a different kind of horror so uh, i i wanted to get into the the types of horror but um I just want to list off some of the things that I remember seeing when I was very young, like in, in when I was 10, 11 years old, I saw King Kong 1976 is King Kong when I was mm. 11. And that's, you know, that, that again, it's, it's a big monster, but yeah, some people would call it, it's more thriller, but, um, and then some, some shows that I remember, some movies that I remember that were edited versions. Cause I only watched them on TV cause I was too young. My parents didn't really take me to the movie theater. It wasn't until, you know, basically I was a teenager and then was going to the movies myself. And of course yeah. when I when I started driving, my brother and I would drive to the movie theater. So really it was probably about the same time as you that we really started to go to horror movies and stuff. But um I remember seeing The Birds. So uh Alfred Hitchcock in general, other than Psycho, do you are there any other movies that you've seen of his? Maybe no, I think
0: in- I only watched Psycho.
1: Okay. Because really Psycho was kind of his first horror film. I mean if you if you you know we tried to talk about the definition of horror but because it's it was so intense you know it, psycho is just amazing we, we'll, we'll talk about that later but um that was kind of his first horror movie but then the next year he kind of made what i would call his second horror film which was called the birds <laughs> you, you know the birds mm-hmm. by reputation you know you ever heard of the birds
0: um i have not
1: okay the birds is basically a bunch of these black sparrows that Eventually descend on a town, and um, and it's the seagulls too. There's seagulls involved. There's different kinds of birds in the birds, but basically they <laughs> attack they attack people. And and oh. yeah, and, uh, but I first saw that movie when I was ten or eleven years old on TV, and it was intense. I, I was very scared by it, and um, I've watched the birds recently. And it's still really good. I think it's very well done. Uh, you know, some of the effects, again, is 1962, I think, or 61. Or was it was
0: 1963. Couple-
1: 63. Okay. So it was just a few years after Psycho. And uh, uh, But what was interesting about the Birds versus Psycho, so when Hitchcock made Psycho, he actually, his intent was to not have any music in it at all. Can you imagine Psycho without its music?
0: <gasps> that would be so awkward.
1: Well, the shrieking violins, which became so iconic for any horror film that... <laughs>
0: Yeah, they you still know, use those now.
1: But Hitchcock, his original intent was, I want to make a movie with no music. I just want to have natural sounds, you know.
0: Oh. But I
1: can't imagine that movie without the music. But he—that he would get,
0: be so uncomfortable to watch.
1: Yeah, yeah, it would be weird. I, I can't imagine Psycho without <laughs> the music. But he did um, The Birds, which was his next film, and he got his wish. So he—the Birds has no music. <laughs> has no music in it. <laughs> yeah, no. no music. It's just a bunch it, of
0: bird noises.
1: Correct. Yeah, it's bird noises and it's it's dialogue and, and natural natural sounds because there's stuff on the water and you know. But but it's an amazing film. So he he did do it very effectively, I thought, without music. He made a horror film basically without music. So um, wow, yeah. And the ending of that movie it was real intense. But the birds basically come into the house. It, it's crazy. It's very well done. I think you should see the birds. I mean, some people kind of they don't like it as much. They're not as big a fan. But but I love the birds and that's one of my earliest horror films and then
0: he also did Vertigo which is on my watch list of like yes. I'm, I just looked up all this stuff because I was looking at things so Vertigo is on my poster of like some of the amazing movies I have to watch or whatever
1: yeah it, that's, it's, that's considered one of his one of his greatest some people would call it his greatest film I, I, yeah it's like it's on me. the
0: poster of 100 best
1: yeah Dang, I, it
0: has 100 percent Metacritic that's pretty good. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Well, Some people regard Vertigo as the greatest film of all time, regardless of...
0: And how have I not seen it yet?
1: It's okay, yeah. I mean, well, Citizen Kane, there's so many older movies that a lot of, you know, younger people just never get to see because, you know, they're just not, they're not as easily, you know, you don't, they're not on Netflix, you know. Uh, A lot of these older movies are not on some of these channels that we, or some of these apps that we watch, so, uh, but... uh, yeah, and then, okay, so then in 1981 is when I started to actually go to the movie theater myself with my brother. And we saw a ton of horror movies in 1981. Like, I say a ton. It was ended up being just one a month. But in February, we that saw... That still seems like a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, uh, let's see, in 81 and 15, we weren't even driving yet. So we were having to walk to the mall. I think sometimes my dad <laughs> would, would, my parents would drop us off. And so we did this thing where, you know, uh, we had pay phones. There were no cell phones. Right. So we would go see the movie and then Dad would, he didn't want us to waste a quarter or a dime, even whatever the telephone call was. So he'd say, when you're done with the movie, put your quarter in, use the pay phone, put your quarter in, dial the home number, let it ring twice, then hang up. You get your quarter back and then I'll come and get you. <laughs> so that, that's how cheap we you were. You know what? That's the crap
0: my dad would do. <laughs> yeah. My dad would do that kind of stuff now. You know yeah, yeah. Brent.
1: Oh, yeah, he Do yeah, that stuff, yeah. stuff all the time. Yeah, we're both pretty <laughs> much penny pinchers. Yeah, we look for ways to save money and stuff like that. I mean, that was saving a dime. I think maybe, maybe phone calls were a quarter at that point. I don't know. But anyways, yeah, we used to do that. But um, That's
0: hilarious. I didn't yeah. know that if you rang twice, it would give you your – that's kind of cool. Well, no, it's
1: just – it's just uh, it, essentially, it's the way payphones worked. work, if you put your quarter in and you tried to call someone, right – and it, you let it ring twelve times, so it doesn't matter how many times. And no one ever picks up. You can hang up the phone. You get your quarter back. So oh. so payphones didn't charge you if you didn't talk to someone, <laughs> which is kind of. Fun.
0: Oh, I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, you the call has to be picked up, and then I guess the payphone registers. Okay, that call has been picked up. We're going to keep your quarter now. So, so. that's
0: interesting. Yeah, yeah. You know why I don't know that is because in movies, whenever there's like a character who's like in a hurry and they're rushing to the payphone and they put their quarter in the payphone and they pick it up and no one answers and they slam the phone back down, they immediately just start like running away. So they never actually stop and get their quarter.
1: Yeah, I, I have to think about that. You're probably right, because... Uh, that's why
0: I didn't know that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there, are, I'm sure there are old movies where they do get the quarterback, but it just seems pointless, you know. It, that's going
0: to be my study now. I'm going to have to go watch all the movies with <laughs> yeah, phones and see if yeah. they go grab their quarterback. I mean,
1: that's my memory of it. I, I guess I'm, now that you say that, I'm not 100% certain, but I'm pretty certain. I know at least two rings you got your quarterback, because... Um, <laughs> because that was a system. That's what we did. Yeah, that was our system. It was like Mor- <laughs> Morse code. Ding, ding. Okay, that's it, or, that wasn't a good ring. But anyways, yeah. So, yeah, that kind of uh, sucked. But yeah, we, we saw some of these classic 80s movies, which, uh, you know, I mean, the 80s is just an incredible decade. But anyways, I, I, you know, I'm i talking too much, but I I did want to list out some of my, <laughs> my earlier films that I saw. i got so many other things here, but I'm going to skip. Yeah, well, we
0: have 12 pages of notes. I know.
1: All right, so that was actually page one. <laughs> Yay! Because that was our history. And I had a bunch of other stuff written about my history or whatever. But um, so...
0: Well, to be fair, to preface, we're splitting this up into multiple episodes because I'm going to edit this, get it down to make it easier on myself.
1: Yeah, that's good. So what I wanted to get into, I don't know if you looked at this, but I I actually grabbed an awesome graphic. It's kind of like a chart that charts out sort of all of the main... I did see that. Yeah, main categories of horror and then sub-genres. And it's very well done. It's just a simple graphic. But, but essentially, um, they the, this this person and and it's not just this person. I'm sure that, that this has been established as somewhat uh, names of main categories and subgenres of horror. So the four ca- but I've never really seen it in this format. So it's kind of neat. I haven't either. So the four main categories of horror are psychological, killer, monster, and paranormal. So if you think about it, so you got psychological and so so under psychological and then to the side of psychological, they got sort of a subcategory called gore and disturbing. So like really gory, really disturbing, but still sort of considered to be psychological horror. And then mm-hmm. and then they got all these subgenres underneath psychological. So let me go through these and I'll mention some of the movies. Um, they got torture, <laughs> torture. The word torture. And now, around two thousand three, two thousand four, somewhere around there, about fifteen years ago, sixteen years ago, they, they, the, the media, the horror media, or the just the media talking about movies, came up with this thing called torture porn. That's just what they called it. But it's essentially all mm-hmm. these movies that really featured very um, intense, intense scenes of torture. You know, like taking pliers to people's body parts and stuff like that. And,
0: Oof. Oof. You know, uh,
1: uh, some of that, you know, if that's all the movie is, I'm not going to like it, but, but, but
0: yeah, cause I have to have some plot.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and all the things that make a good movie, but, but some of those movies were actually very, very good. And I could put up with some of the scenes because it does, you know, it does add an intensity to what they're trying to portray. if The ideas are good, but anyways, two of the movies that, and both these movies, I would say are good movies under the torture <laughs> Uh, sub-genre, is Hostile and Saw. Have you ever seen Hostile or Saw? I've not
0: seen those, but Saw is on my list. Uh, I've never heard of Hostile.
1: Yeah, it's it's very, very well done. Saw is actually, I mean, yeah, you can call it torture and psychological, but it's it also has a lot of detective process, and it's thriller, too. So it's not just straight up. When I went in to see it for the first time, which I, I, I was late to Saw. Saw came out in 2004, I think. And I didn't see it till about 2012, so maybe about 10 years ago. And I was surprised uh, that it wasn't just two guys in a room, you know, which is what I thought it was, <laughs> being spoken to. They wake up and all of a sudden they're in this room. This is just the opening five minutes. They basically, two guys wake up, they're chained, uh, they're chained in this room, and a voice starts speaking to them. You know, they don't know where they, you know, I don't know if they were drugged, I can't remember now, but that... That's the premise. It's a great premise because it's just two guys in a room. But I thought that was the whole movie, and it's not. It's like my
0: movie. dinner with Andre.
1: But it, yeah, there you go. Yeah, where two guys are t- two guys are talking, <laughs> but they end up also being being tortured too. But uh, yeah, there you go. I've
0: not seen any of the movies that are under the gore and disturbing category.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, let I me mean, just read off this, the the uh, under psychological. You got phobia, which I don't know. Those movies, Frozen and Buried. I've never seen those movies, but. Under psychology, I you got know. torture, phobia, splatter, <laughs> splatter, and then you got madness and paranoia. Which madness and paranoia, they have psycho under that. You know, because, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, basically Norman Bates is mad. You know, he's it's crazy. Um,
0: yeah, I mean that plot twist actually, like, I mean, I figured it out, but then like it actually that one of those final scenes was of him in the wig was actually very unnerving.
1: I was like, Oh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. So I'm glad that you liked psycho because, Oh
0: yeah.
1: I could understand someone like you and your age, who's used to all this, you know, the modern horror, horror, not liking psycho, psycho because, uh, psycho, um, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't just go gangbusters right from the beginning because it sets up, you know, the girl stealing the money from the bank and all that stuff and getting Mm -hmm. there. Some people just you know, come on, let's get on with the uh, horror part of it, you know. but Yeah, it was
0: a slow burn. Yeah, slow burn.
1: Yeah, exactly. I, I'm not going to say pacing was bad because I hate that, <laughs> as you know. Um, but uh, pacing. But, you know, yeah, it, it, there was more to it than just getting right to Norman Bates the Hotel, you know. Uh, but it gets to it pretty quick. But anyways, uh, yeah, that's Madness and Paranoia. And then you got Cannibal under Psychological, which is interesting. Cannibal is considered Psychological, which is interesting. And there's two different. Actually, that's movies. just
0: under gore and disturbing. But because look, torture and cannibal are under gore and disturbing, but splatter and extreme oh, yeah, you're right. and psychological. You're right, but they have
1: they have psychological and gore and disturbing. Oh, you're right. Maybe gore and disturbing is really considered its own category. I'm just looking at how they did the boxes. But I guess gore and disturbing. You can maybe... see
0: kind of like a Venn diagram where they're leaking into each other.
1: Yeah, yeah, I got you. But for some reason, they put it down lower. But yeah. Yeah, so under gore yeah. and disturbing, it's torture, splatter, cannibal, extreme, extreme. And I haven't seen either of those movies, but I've heard about a Serbian film. I'm afraid to watch a Serbian film. I've heard horrible things about it, and I don't need to see, like, the most extreme that there is, honestly. I can go through my yeah, entire Yeah, because,
0: like, <laughs> I think a movie like that wouldn't really be much plot. It would just be right. gross and scary for the sake of being You're gross prob- and scary. You're probably right.
1: That's what I've heard about Serbian film. Okay, and then under Psychological, right, you got just three. got Phobia, Madness and Paranoia, and then Home Invasion and Survival. And uh, your next is Adam Wingard. So they got your next listed in there, which that's a real good movie, which I don't know if you've seen that one. That's the one he did before The Guest.
0: Yeah, no, I just saw The Guest and uh, uh, Godzilla.
1: And then the other Home Invasion and Survival movie under Psychological is The Strangers, which... um, Actually, my friend at work, Jonathan, said, you need to watch The Strangers because The Strangers Part 2 came out. And I said, I don't know this movie, The Strangers. He said, oh, no, it's great. You need to see it, Steve. And he was right. It's basically the – it was kind of a precursor to – what do you call it? Um, Oh, shoot. What's the movie, the series that – I can't think. It was a year before what what I'm thinking of. Uh, Anyways. But, uh, yeah, The Strangers is basically these three, two guys and a girl that basically, in, 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 uh, they're home invaders. They invade different homes. But it's really weird. It's like they're just, they act so nonchalant, you know, about it. They wear masks. So it's like this other, Swiss series, where they wear the masks? Purge. Purge, yeah, yeah. So the, Str- the Strangers actually came out about a year before, the first Strangers, 2008 or 2009, it came out before Purge. And, um when I finally saw The Strangers, I'm like, oh, okay, I see where they got some of the imagery for Purge was from the movie The Strangers. Cause it's similar okay. kind of kind of mask and stuff. But, uh, yeah, so that's psychological. And under Killer, <laughs> under the category mm-hmm. Killer, you got, of course, Slasher, which everyone knows the subgenre of Slasher, wow. right?
0: Slasher we'll, movies are so fun.
1: Yeah, and we'll talk about a lot of those and Final Girl Theory and all that stuff. The two slasher ones they have, of course, of Friday the 13th and Halloween. Did you end up finally watching Friday the 13th?
0: Um, I watched, like, half of it. I'm going to be honest. I didn't finish it. It was boring.
1: Well, that's fine. That's fine. Because <laughs> it's the ending you need to see of Friday the 13th. Yeah.
0: I know. I'll go back to it. I just I started it last night, and I was tired, and I was like, this is really boring. I watched. I think I only have about 30 minutes left, but I was falling asleep because it was 1 a.m. Um, but, like... I don't know. I thought it was boring.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Well, I think it's a good movie. I think maybe, maybe you were tired to begin with watching.
0: I was tired, but also I just kind of got tired of, um, I got tired of that. It really was everybody just like is hanging out and then they just get murdered. Like that was the plot.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess we should, we should get into talking about Friday the 13th maybe, but, but Friday the 13th basically takes from Halloween and, um, essentially Halloween and Psycho in a way. Uh,
0: No, I did like Halloween.
1: Yeah, but I don't want to give that away. So you haven't seen Friday the Thirteenth. Do you remember? Do you remember the story of it? How it ends, or not? What,
0: Friday the Thirteenth.
1: Yes, I know you didn't watch it, but do, do you know the, the just by reputation?
0: No, no, honestly, I do not.
1: Okay, well, I don't even want to give that away. Then I was hoping you'd watch it because I wanted to talk about the ending of that. But there's I definitely know, there's there's gender stuff going on. There's mother and son and gender stuff going on. Is all I'm going to say. Uh, okay, it's Friday, just like, like but, yeah, no, it was, it was boring. <laughs> it's fine. That's no, fine. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The
0: thing about the thing about slasher movies, that I think, is really funny. Is if slasher movies like based on how they portray sex, it seems like if you're about to have sex, statistically, you'd be more likely to get murdered. Correct. Because anytime, like anytime, any of those little campers were about to get freaky, they were just stabbed. They would just get stabbed, and I'm like, okay, right. <laughs> This is just happening. It happened like three times. I was like, right. okay,
1: yeah. Between Halloween and Friday the Thirteenth, they kind of set up those tropes, and then everyone just copied it. Like, it, yeah. In some ways, that's why the slasher genre just became to where it was just they were churning them out, and most of them were bad. They were not good films <laughs> yeah. because they were just copying like Scream
0: One, Scream One, good. Scream Two, Three. Oh, this is the same. It's the same movie.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's Wes Craven. Yeah. And so Wes Craven with Scream, he basically was making fun of himself because he made those movies, you know, early on with Nightmare on Elm Street. And then before that, he did Last House on the Left and The Hills Have Eyes, which they have their own. They're not those aren't really slashers, per se, but they have their own. Anyways,
0: I do love Scream, though. I don't know. why. I think Ghostface is cool, but like I just think. I've seen yeah. them all. Like I talk about, like I didn't like them. I enjoyed them. I think they're fun to watch, but yeah. I did get bored. Cause it's like, I wanted some variety.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I guess with scream two and three, he sort of, he ends up copying himself. It's still spoofy, but you know, he already did it with scream. So they just weren't as good. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Um, but under killer, you got slasher. Then you got crime and giallo. So G- the word giallo G I A L L O is, is the Italian word for yellow. I forget why they use yellow. Oh, I know why because the Giallo movies that were made in Italy uh, usually involved a killer where you didn't. It was a mystery; you didn't know who the killer was, and by the end, you were. I've seen a couple of them. I can't think of titles, but um, what are the ones they have here? The girl who knew too much and Deep Red. I don't think I've seen any of those, but um, I haven't either. But yeah, Crime and Giallo, and that's under killer. and then you got Bumpkin and Redneck. <laughs> bumpkin I, well, why don't they say Hillbilly and Redneck? I don't know Bumpkin. But anyways.
0: I don't know. Have you ever seen have you ever seen um Sling Blade?
1: Yes. Oh that yeah, that's that's Bumpkin and Redneck but that's not that's horror. what it's
0: making me think of just when you said bumpkin and redneck i was like that's pretty much what comes to mind
1: oh but wait there is horror there is some horror it is in- because
0: it ends it like it has exactly. gory moments all Correct. throughout the film so i would i would consider it kind of a little bit horror it kind yes, of leaks into the genre because it has violence
1: i totally agree with that yeah yeah and it's done in such a way it's done f- totally focused That's like my on- dad's favorite movie yeah it's what's one of my it's it's definitely top 20 of all time i'd say for a film. i
0: mean i have the poster on my hey. wall like I, that movie is amazing yeah, I mean,
1: maybe definitely top 20 in the last 25 years, we'll say. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, recent. But uh, yeah, you're right. That's a, but yeah, Bumpkin and Redneck. And then so they have listed in there the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which now did you end up seeing that one?
0: Um, No, it wasn't on the list that you gave me. And, okay, yeah. But I've seen parts of it. Like, I've seen clips of it, but no, I've never sat down and watched it. Yeah,
1: that's a movie like, that. I'll, I'll just talk about Texas Chainsaw Massacre real quick. That's a movie that's Toby Hooper. Uh, it's pretty much his first movie. He ended up directing Poltergeist with Steven Spielberg, but a lot of people say Toby Hooper didn't direct Poltergeist. It was really Spielberg, even though he was the producer. He was on the set, and he just pulled in Toby Hooper by reputation from directing Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But if you watch Poltergeist, it totally feels like a. Spielberg movie more than a Toby Hooper movie to me, but but uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre actually, I watched it. Uh, it came out in '74. I watched it, I think, in '1983 or '4 in college, but but not for a uh, college class. It just was playing, you know, in our in the uh, University of Florida theater they had on campus, and I was mm-hmm. kind of dis- disappointed because. I was expecting it to be. Now I would just seen a bunch, a whole bunch of slashers in the last couple of years, so I was really expecting it to be to show more than tell, and I was expecting it to be dead serious, you know, scary. And well,
0: the name sounds. I mean, Texas yeah, Chainsaw Massacre. Right. That sounds pretty rough.
1: Yeah, but it's it's very cheaply made. But but um, <laughs> it's it's more comic, and it it's almost unintentionally comic. I, oh. I think there there is some intentional comic stuff. Uh, in it you, you should see it
0: I have play it's on my watch list but I'll get to it eventually yeah I
1: read people talking about oh the, one of the scariest movies of all time this Texas chainsaw massacre it, it's not scary to me goofy yeah it's more goofy like there's scenes in it where okay I'll just tell you there's one scene where it's a grandpa in a wheelchair and th- this family was a slaughterhouse family you know they, they they killed you know yeah cattle but they ended up also there I
0: think I've seen this clip
1: yeah, where they put the hammer in his hand and they have the girl tied to a chair and they go, Grandpa does it the best. Grandpa, come on, Grandpa. And they put the hammer in his chair and it's, it's a long scene. And they keep putting the hammer in his in his hand and he sort of tries to use the hammer but he just kind of leans his hand forward and the hammer keeps falling out. I mean, to me, that that was definitely supposed to be supposed to be funny on purpose. But some people talk about that scene like it's the most terrifying scene they've ever seen in a horror movie. And I'm like... No, it's not that scary. It, it's a good movie. I like it, but it, it, I don't like it because it's a terrifying movie. I like it because of the mixture of elements. It's weird, you know, there's weird characters in it, you know, that this family is really strange, which makes it more comic. Almost like, like Midsummer in a way, you know, Midsummer. Very scary in, in elements, but also weird, you know, and 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 comedy, just bizarre stuff, you know. That's so um yeah. And then The Hills Have Eyes, which was actually the second movie done by Wes Craven, who did Scream, and it did not run on Elm Street. Hills Have Eyes is, is rednecks, but, but in the desert, which is really weird. You don't think of red, rednecks being in the desert, but that's essentially... Uh,
0: no, I do not.
1: Yeah, yeah. So they it, it, this fam, this normal family goes out, and I guess their motorhome breaks down, and they end up having to stay and figure out how to fix their motorhome, and then these weird rednecks from the desert <laughs> come and get them basically uh that was pretty well done though hills have eyes and then neo monsters neo monsters that's weird under killer pumpkin head and feast which i've never seen and then under killer. no
0: you're you're looking in the wrong category because that that's the monster genre it goes green
1: oh oh, i see what you're saying you're right i'm not following it they, they got crossover. there's not
0: oh you're right well because they... it it, it's not linear it's going as oh, yes. you see the lines you know yeah.
1: I, pr- I printed this in black and white so it's harder to see
0: oh i'm looking at it on my computer
1: oh yeah i'm looking at it on paper so you, you're you're correct yeah under killer you got slasher crime and giallo bumpkin and redneck and then that's pretty much it and then
0: well, there's not many just like killers because there's like there's michael myers and there's jason and like there's those
1: that's considered slashers yeah
0: i will say though you you mentioned um Friday or no, you mentioned Nightmare on Elm Street and I will say that I did love that one. I adored.
1: Yeah, that one was amazing because of to me it was the first movie where literally dreams were dangerous. I mean like really dangerous. You know, we're like if you went to, Yeah, if you went to sleep, you could get killed. I don't there hasn't been too many there weren't too many movies before that 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 went with that idea, you know. Just so. the
0: just the ending, the ending I thought was flawless. And literally yeah. the, the, what I loved also the transitions between like, she would open a door and then she'd walk out of her room and she'd be in a dream. Right. That was so cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and he didn't do it to where, uh, it was a big, like obvious transition. It was almost like, like it'd be
0: subtle because she'd yeah. be in her bedroom and then she'd be in the boiler room. Right. And then Freddie's there. You're yeah, like, he, Oh crap. Yeah.
1: Wes Craven was really playing on, uh, dreams versus reality and sort of blending the two together. And you don't even know what's a dream and what's reality. Yeah. Yeah. Like,
0: especially in the ending when you do not know until like literally the last couple of seconds and you're like,
1: right. Man. And they're in the car. And then what is it? Uh, the, is it Freddy? the mom gets sucked back into the yeah. window. Yeah. It gets sucked back into the window of the front door or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that's a thing we could talk Loved about with, with horror films in general. The idea, it's the only genre where sort of objects and places become characters, like houses, doors, entrances and exits, you know. Well, the
0: movie, you know, the animated movie Monster House?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I've I've heard of it, yeah.
0: Um, I used to watch that with your kids and we would have sleepovers and that movie is scary.
1: (laughs) Yeah, literally the house is a monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, like they can't go in and it eats people.
1: Right. But yeah, it's really the only genre where sort of objects become, not so much objects, but like places, you know, and, and, and homes. Yeah. Become, there's a character uh, aspect to the house itself, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, it's weird if you watch horror movies, you know, the way directors really build tension is subtle. Sometimes it's simply having two characters talking in a horror film, sitting in front of a window, but yet, no, no one, no one. You don't, you can't see out the window. Let's say it's at night, right? You can't see out the window, but just by having those characters sitting on a couch with that window, with the curtains open, not not drawn mm. but open, it's unsettling. Which who does that? Who sits? Exact- in the,
0: it's unsettling.
1: People would close their curtains, right, because they don't want people staring in on them. But apparently, in horror films, they characters are very uh, what's the word? Uh, they must be very um, voy- voyeuristic. No, what's the opposite of voyeuristic? Where they. Uh, where they Um, they want to be watched they want to be watched and so they leave their curtains open and you know i'm just being funny but but it it builds tension because all of a sudden you in the in the scene you have this open window and and it's almost subtle like psychological because the camera might be focused on the two people talking but because of that open window you think at any point someone could just show up or jump through the window because like yeah
0: we're supposed to be focusing on the people or like they're talking or whatever, but really we're just like looking at that window.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, And we expect something to move or whatever.
1: Right. And there's so many scenes where the door, the doorway itself, or or sorry, a door, a closed door becomes a character in a way. It's like, it's like, you know, uh, that something's going to happen with that door, you know, like uh, hands closing on a doorknob. Right. And then, and then a door opening and then, Going into another room—it's all scary. <laughs> it can all be scary. Yeah, like
0: when a door a door closes. A door closing is a normal thing. A door closing in a horror movie, right? Now that's scary.
1: Right, like you're trapped. Like you know, the, the director is saying, "Okay, these characters are now trapped." You know, you know, yeah. Doors become uh, uh, maybe not so much a character as opposed to sort of just an. It element. really not an characters, element. but
0: it really personifies. It really personifies inanimate objects, right? And yeah. makes
1: you here Exactly. Them. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so um, – well let me get back to the list here. So, yeah, so you're right. Monster – so killer was kind of a short category. And then monster is sort of real big because under monster you got zombies. And there's, there's so many things. Bunch of zombies, undead, virus zombies. And then you got vampire, of course, werewolf. That goes back to some of the classic uh, works of literature because a lot of these horror stories date back to – well, some of them date back as far hund- hundreds or even thousands of years. Folk tales and – Like, yeah. Religious, you know, religious literature and stuff. And then you got Frankenstein, written by Mary Shelley, a girl. A girl wrote Frankenstein, um, That's and awesome. yeah. So you know, I mean, women women have been creating these awesome uh, sort of uh, horror stories for a long time, but yet they, it seems like with Hollywood they don't get as much recognition, you know. But there's a few out there. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Mary Shelley she created Frankenstein. You know, I think it's kind of as a dare. Like uh, there was a group of writers that got together and said, "Okay, who can write the scariest story?" And She basically wrote Frankenstein, and I, I think she won the bet or whatever you know, whatever bet they were making. That's that's what I remember, as she should, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you got vampire, werewolf, uh, classic, and mythological, which is like I said, Frankenstein. They have Frankenstein and Leprechaun <laughs> listed. You ever, you ever see Leprechaun, the horror movie Leprechaun? <laughs> no, yeah, that's pretty funny. It's a series of films, but it's, it's just <laughs> this little green guy that says, Give me your gold, give me the gold, but. But apparently you can kill people. I don't even remember it. But what I do remember about oh, Leprechaun. I've
0: never heard of that. That's insane.
1: I remember one thing about Leprechaun, though. It was the debut of an actress who ended up being famous on TV. And then she made several movies. And she's considered a model now. And she was married to Brad Pitt for a while. You know what I'm talking about? What? And she was in the TV um, show Friends. She was in the TV show Friends. <laughs> Jennifer Are you Aniston. for real? Jennifer Are you an- for real? Yes. Jennifer Aniston's <laughs> Debut film was a horror movie in 1993, I think it was, or 92, 93, called Leprechaun. No, <laughs> Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. Are you kidding? Yeah, she does not bring it up in interviews at all. You know, she 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 basically pretends like it it doesn't exist. But uh,
0: I'm googling uh, this. I'm, Shut up! It's real. That was <laughs> her debut.
1: Jennifer, her oh, first film was Leprechaun. Why? Yeah, it's, pretty, it's pretty funny. And it has
0: 27% percent Rotten she's
1: Tomatoes. In the film. I mean, you can tell she's a good actress. She's actually good in the film, which is why they cast her. Of she's, That's interesting. She's pretty, pretty so, and all that stuff. But she's a good actress, uh, yeah.
0: I have <laughs> talk, I have discussions a lot about how Jennifer Aniston does not have range because I've only ever seen her in rom-coms. But now I know she can <laughs> act in horror movies. Because right, yeah, you need to see that. She's in the movie Leprechaun, which has 27% Rotten Tomatoes and 4.8 out of 10 IMDb. Yeah. wait okay yeah. wait okay Dan O'Grady steals a hundred gold coins from a leprechaun while oh, on go. vacation in Ireland the leprechaun yeah. follows him home but Dan yeah. locks the murderous leprechaun in a crate held at bay by the four- leaf clover ten years later JD Redding and his daughter Tori rent Grady's property for the summer when their new neighbors accidentally released the leprechaun he goes on a murderous rampage to reclaim his gold I'm watching this <laughs>
1: I'm- I, I'm going to watch this. I saw it in the theater and, you know, horror comedy. It's basically horror comedy. You know, it, it, it's kind of hit or miss for me. And I, I remember sort of liking it, but uh, maybe maybe now that t- more time has passed, some of these movies that I, I, I thought were okay, as time passes and I look back on them and I watch them again, I actually like them more. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that might be one that I might like more. You know, now that you're excited about it, it makes me want to watch it again. But
0: uh, I mean, that sounds insane, like a fever dream.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, under monster, then uh, after classic and mythological, which is Frankenstein and Leprechaun, then you got giant monsters. See, that's what Godzilla. <laughs> well, it'd be Godzilla and King Kong too. But they also list Cloverfield, which is J.J. Uh, Abrams. Uh, hand-
0: I've not seen, but I've you've talked to me about before.
1: Yeah, it's sci-fi horror, but uh, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: then you got Devil and, but plus also Cloverfield is like Blair Witch Project, which we'll talk about later. But uh, it's you know considered found footage, <laughs> you know, because it's all done with handheld cameras or whatever. So, um, and then you got Devil and Demon and Hell. They just list Devil and Demon and
0: Hell. Which. You need to follow the lines on your paper because devil and demon in hell is in paranormal, but slightly in monster. You're right. If you follow your line after giant monsters, it would take you to neo monsters. I'm
1: sorry. You're right. I'm I'm not, I'm not going vertical. Yeah. I need to go. I don't vertical. know
0: if you know how to read, dude.
1: No, I'm just going right to left. And I'm, I'm yeah. Like again, because. You of,
0: can't do that for this type of chart.
1: <laughs> you I gonna print- Follow the line. Well, you go, you go vertical and, and across to Yeah, you. You're right. Uh, so I, I, keep, <laughs> I keep going to the right. So. Classic and mythological monster, and then giant monsters, and that's it, right? And then sci-fi and aliens. That's under paranormal?
0: No, sci-fi and aliens is under uh, under monster. monster. And then there's there's neo-monster over here to the left, animals and nature, and small creatures.
1: There you go. Yeah, yeah, okay. So
0: neo-monsters, pumpkin head, and feast I've never seen.
1: Yeah, there you go. Animals and nature, jaws and the birds. Yeah, we talked about the birds.
0: So scared of jaws.
1: And then small small creatures.
0: creatures. Gremlins is one of my all-time favorite movies- I love Gremlins.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I, I guess you like Gremlins more than me then because I like it, but it's, it's a little, um, to me, it's, it's, I guess it's not as scary as what I was hoping. It's, it's
0: no, it's not scary. It's horror
1: comedy, but yeah,
0: Gizmo's right. so cute. Gizmo's so cute and so sweet.
1: I love the buildup. So I, I saw Gremlins in the theater and I, and I had already known. I would the,
0: love to see it in the theater.
1: Yeah. Joe Dante, who directed Gremlins, he did the howling, which was a much more intense, uh, scary uh horror film although it did have comic elements but the howling was his werewolf movie that he did before gremlins and then he did a couple other things before that um but yeah gremlins he became a superstar because that movie was like i don't know a huge box office i mean it it was probably as big i mean i loved it yeah i mean i liked it i watched the second
0: one I did watch the second one recently because I did not know there was a second one for years and years. I talked to you about this when I was down there for Christmas or or graduation or whatever. I was down there. I don't remember. But um, and then I watched it, but I hated it because they dropped because Gremlins has a horror aspect um, just slightly. But in the second one, it Looney Tunes or whatever bought it, and then they dropped the horror aspect, and it was only a comedy. Wow! Oh, okay. um, and yeah. then it was actually just really terrible, because it yeah. was like, they even had gremlins, like they had a prostitute gremlin that was like making oh, pissy faces I, at men. And I was I like, what's that. going on right now?
1: That's funny. So they just went way over the top with the comedy then, you say, gremlins. Yeah, and, gremlins.
0: and it was yeah. just bad.
1: Okay. <laughs> so last bad. category is paranormal, which I'll just read it vertically, right? Ghost and spirits, which is pol- poltergeist and the Grudge. Did you see poltergeist or the Grudge? Either of those?
0: Um, I've never heard of the Grudge, and I'm scared of poltergeist, so yep. no.
1: Poltergeist is very well done. Yeah, I um, know, but
0: it looks like it's going to actually be scary for again, reason.
1: directed by Toby Hooper, which, uh, but I would say Spielberg probably helped in the direction. That's the the rumor, you know. Um, mm-hmm. and then haunted house paranormal, which. Amity, amity
0: What's that role? one movie that was that Disney ride?
1: Yeah, not. Uh, I think in a previous podcast episode, I said haunted house, but it. It's really Haunted Mansion, is what I should have said. That's that's the name of the movie. I think
0: it is called Haunted Mansion.
1: Yes, with Eddie Murphy. I don't think I ever saw it.
0: Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. You should. It's really funny. Well, I haven't okay. seen it since I was like seven, so yeah, I really don't yeah. remember, but I remember the ride being really fun.
1: Yeah, that was, I made that comment, I think maybe in our very first episode, where I said there were movies based on rides, and that was one of them. I guess there really aren't that many. How, do you,
0: how do you remember that stuff? Well, I I, see, I edit the episodes, so I have to listen to it a lot, and I still don't even know.
1: Yeah, I, I listen to each episode at least a couple times, So. Yeah, I guess I'm a whatever I I I'm a narcissist, I guess. I'm just being funny.
0: I guess because once I upload <laughs> it, I do not go back to them. Like yeah. once I'm uploaded, I have not listened to it since cuz gross.
1: <laughs> um so Haunted House and then Possession films which the Exorcist and The Right, oh, which gosh. I never saw The Right. Yeah, we'll talk about The Exorcist. Yeah, but we'll, we'll wait on that one. Uh the, the, okay, <laughs> now I'm reading The Right, right? Down vertically. Devil yeah, next Demon is
0: uh, Devil, Dune and, and Hell.
1: Which the Evil Dead and the Beyond. I don't think I ever saw the Beyond, but the Evil Dead is is uh, a classic. And you haven't seen the Evil Dead though, right?
0: No, it, um, I've heard of it though. It's
1: way over the top, yeah. It's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's a little bit comic, but it's more serious. Whereas Evil Dead 2, again, like Gremlins 2, Evil Dead 2 is definitely more comic. Although it's also crazy violent. It's a lot of body horror. Evil Dead has a lot of body horror in it. Right? horror in it and uh lots of vomiting and uh <laughs> lots of blood and you know and and lots of like weird evil spirits with like strange voices and stuff it's, it's it's well done though that's a sam raimi so evil dead was directed by sam raimi who went on to actually make the toby Maguire spider-man movies if you can believe that
0: my goodness <laughs>
1: So he co- totally changed genres. But then he went back to horror with uh, Sam Raimi made um, uh, Drag Me to Hell, which that's a really good horror film, Drag Me to I've Hell. I've never really a, heard of that's that. That's a great title, Drag Me to Hell. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Witches a Occult, Black Sunday, which uh, that's an older movie. Uh, and then Suspiria is done by an Italian director named, uh, um, famous Italian director. Well,
0: there's also the remake. Isn't, are there two? Yes, yeah,
1: Suspiria also was remade. Yep. You're right.
0: I've not seen either, but I would like to see at least the original.
1: Yeah, well, the remake's really good, yeah. Um, shoot, what's that guy's name? Uh, anyways, I, I have it in my other pages. But <laughs> And then sci-fi and aliens, that's under Paranormal or Monster? I can't see. We already
0: did sci-fi and aliens, because that's the thing. That's in, under Monster. Or no, that's, yeah, under, that's under Monster. That's the thing and a- alien. alien.
1: Yeah, that, that, that. Gray bar kind of blocks it, so I had to handwrite it so I know what that's saying. The thing and alien, which you didn't, you haven't, you saw alien, but you didn't see the thing, you said, right?
0: Yeah, I saw alien, which I did like alien. Um, I just don't like how I mean, everybody on it on the spaceship was stupid.
1: Oh, is that what you would say? Yeah, well, they were arguing a lot about it. was one of the first sort of movies that that one of the themes was big in a sci fi horror movie or a sci fi movie, big corporates, you know, uh, you know, that was yeah. one of the themes that. They're just all about money and all this kind of stuff. Yeah.
0: They just so, could not stop arguing.
1: Right. But then uh, Sigourney Weaver, you know, that's, was kind of her debut. Yeah. She, I don't know if she it was did her, really well. I don't know if it was her first film, but um, it was, I don't know, of, but she was amazing. Her. Yeah. And she was great. That ending was just so amazing when she gets sent off being set off herself in the pod, but then the, Chills. Al- the alien was with her.
0: <laughs> I know. know that was crazy. Right. Um, the Okay, the last topic, Paranormal, Supernatural Power. Oh,
1: there you go. So under
0: that is The Shining and Carrie. Carrie,
1: yeah. Both great films, I think. No, you, you, both you, love. You, you agree, right? Yeah, you like Carrie. That's good. Okay.
0: Carrie was so weird, but I liked it. I did not watch the remake with Chloe. There's that, you know, they remade it with Chloe Grace Mortez, I think her name is. Twice. There's
1: been two remakes of it, I think. Really? <laughs> yeah. Chloe Grace so Mortez the and original. someone else made one. They, yeah, they rebooted it twice. The originals. The
0: Interesting. Best. The originals. The best. Um, I saw the original. the The actress um, did uh, very well.
1: Yeah. What's her name? Uh, uh, uh shoot. I uh, don't know. Uh, oh man.
0: she was able to play a really weirdo weird girl, I... like super weird, creepy, really, really well. And The Shining, I love, but I hate Stanley Kubrick. Oh
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So The Shining—that is a true.
0: horrible person. He's yeah. a horrible person. Yeah, yeah. He
1: treats his but... actor- actors, like horribly. Yeah. He wants to
0: like get... he literally abused right. uh, Shelley Duvall. Shelley
1: Duvall, yeah. But
0: you you gotta respect him and his talent. But like, what an asshole!
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You see that? In the do- <laughs> so you watch those doc- same documentaries that I watched about about that movie, right?
0: Yeah, oh god, he's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. And that is a movie that universally is loved, but 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 Stanley Kubrick isn't necessarily universally loved for all of his other movies. Like like you said, you, you couldn't stand <laughs> Clockwork Orange. You couldn't stand uh, 2000- oh. two thousand one A Space Odyssey, right?
0: Hey, I hate those movies. Yeah. I hate those movies.
1: Yeah, and I, I love them, but uh, I can understand. No. It. I can understand people hating them. Yeah, it's 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 different. Yeah,
0: we should do an episode where I need to rewatch. There's a friend of mine who's never seen It Follows, and I would really oh. want her to see it because um, I hate that movie, right, and right, I think right. that we should do a little mini episode on It Follows just so that way I can crap on it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because well, I will
0: never stop talking about how awful that movie
1: is. I wanted to whip through, <laughs> so I got. History of horror in cinema. Oh man, this is going to take forever, but maybe I can whip through this. We'll just just do what we did. We'll sort of talk as, as I go through this. So um, what I want to say about horror in general and cinema is that uh, some people they're sort of missing out on um, when, when cameras and video and, you know, motion pictures were first invented some of these very early filmmakers and most of the films were really short in the beginning, like, 12 minutes long. I mean, they, they were just mm-hmm. making really short films. And I guess you, in my, through-
0: in my classes I'm in right yep. now, we're currently only working in short film era stuff right now. Oh, okay. And yeah. um, so far they've been pretty short.
1: Are um, you talking like way are also
0: only, we're talking about like, I've only been focusing. Our classes are only listening to silent films right now. And it's kind of oh great.
1: great. Yeah. 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 Most, I'm getting
0: most- a little bit sick of it.
1: But okay. you gotta do what yeah. you gotta do. Oh, let's talk about silent films in general. So let, let's talk about. That. <laughs> I'll just go right to that. So, so you know, a lot of people, a lot of people have a hard time even watching black and white films, like you know, older films. Of course, there's newer movies made in black and white, but
0: I yeah, guess, Francis Hall, Nebraska, those were black and white, and I love light- those movies.
1: The Lighthouse, yeah.
0: Oh, uh, yes. Yeah,
1: which was uh, uh, what's his name, Robert Eggers' second movie, but but you know, people who complain about you know, black and white, but then they say, Oh, and I say, well, how about a black and white film? That's silent. They're like, no way I couldn't watch a silent film. First of all, most silent films aren't that long. Like they're just over an hour, maybe an hour and 10 minutes. Like, but anyways, let me, let me say this to those people that say, I, I, there's no way I could watch a silent film. Guess what? Any, just about any movie that you see for the most part, I don't care what it is, has aspects of a silent film. In other words, you Now, it's not the whole movie, but, you know, like A Quiet Place is a great example, which will, there's long stretches of A Quiet Place and A Quiet Place Part 2 that's essentially a silent film. Now, now it's not silent in the sense that there's not some sound and there's not some music.
0: Yeah, because you can hear breathing and footsteps and all that nonsense. But right. generally, that movie was very difficult to, to watch in a theater because people were eating popcorn.
1: Yeah, but it's not just that movie. I'm making a general statement about any film. So, any film where, and sometimes these are the most intense scenes in a movie, where you've got one character, let's say, they're by themselves. That's a good example. A character that comes into a house, they're by themselves, they go into this room, they're looking for something. I'm just making this up. They're looking for something, you know, and you're following, like, what are they looking for? You know, and then they go, they open a drawer, and then they they get a, I don't know, a, a pair of scissors out, and then you know, cameras following them the whole time, or there might be some edits and cuts. There's no dialogue. There may not even be any music, but you're intensely watching this character do all these things, you know, this person on the screen, you know, and sometimes these scenes could last five, six, eight, ten minutes long, you know, or, or longer with no dialogue. Yeah. Guess what? You're watching a silent film. That's what I would say. At least that, that aspect. So, you know, I'm trying to expand our audience's mind a little bit. People that say, there's no way I could watch a silent film. Well, guess what? You watch aspects of a silent film in almost every movie you watch because there's not dialogue happening constantly. A lot of times there's characters just doing things, you know, and, and the director has to capture that and they can capture it in all different kinds of ways. You know, silent films get back to sort of the essence of what a motion picture was because a motion picture wasn't about sound in the beginning it wasn't about that like when you're looking at a photograph it was
0: about the it was about the storytelling
1: exactly when you're looking at a photograph you there's no sound coming out of that photograph you're just looking at the photograph you're looking at the images you know how it was composed and so silent filmmakers took that and, and basically you know expanded that into motion but it was still you're just sort of watching a photograph that's moving you know it's that you're watching real life or whatever. Anyways, I'm just I'm I'm always amazed by silent films that are done well because they're so focused on what you're seeing, you know. And um, yeah, some of them are great. The most, I mean, so
0: the well, I mean, the one that we just had to watch for my last week uh, was the 1920. The cap. It was Robert Wines.
1: Uh, oh, the, the cabinet cap of Dr. Dr. Caligari. I was going to talk about that. You watched Yeah, it? you watched it.
0: I, to be fair, because it's for a class and I'm a procrastinating student, I watched parts enough to get the homework done.
1: That one's on YouTube. I watched, it. The time? I watched it on YouTube. But, but yeah,
0: I watched segments of it to get the homework done because I had to go do other assignments. But yeah, I watched parts of it. So I get, I mean, I know what's going on.
1: Yeah. So Robert um, Wines- it was
0: really, a really amazing for its time. The use of right. the color.
1: Well, color and, and the idea of a German expressionism. So to, have you guys yeah. t- talked about the movie like in detail?
0: Um, we not too much. have, we're going to go over it some more, but we have. Yeah.
1: But yeah, what's amazing about that movie is that you're following this character's story, you know, and you think that he's sane, you know, it's kind of like an Edgar Allan Poe short story where it's sort of, yeah. it's sort of, uh, uh, portrayed through the, the eyes, so to speak, the mind of this one particular character. And, uh, and by the end of the movie, you realize he's completely insane. You know it's I mean? one of
0: those that's like the narrator. It's like the narrator himself is not reliable.
1: Correct. Yeah. But I, I it fooled me because when I watched it, I only watched it yeah. a couple months ago, but what was so weird is that opening scene. So the opening scene of the cabinet of Dr. Caligari, it's two guys. I don't know if you remember, it's two guys sitting on a bench. And the one guy says, to the other guy, Oh, my life is so terrible. My, uh, something about his personal life is terrible. And the other guy mm-hmm. turns, turns to him, says, Hey, you want to hear terrible? Let me tell you about terrible or whatever. I'm paraphrasing. But then they're saying yeah. that, and then this this girl walks by in front of them. It's so weird. The girl walks by. It's
0: such a weird movie.
1: Yeah. The girl, this is the opening scene. The girl walks by, and the one guy points. It's almost like a dream to begin with, which it kind of is. The one guy points to the girl as she walks by. He, she doesn't acknowledge him, and, and the guy says, That was my wife. It was so weird. <laughs> it's so strange <laughs> the
0: movie the movie is very bizarre and it yeah. has yeah. just really lots of weird moments that left me like okay that was weird but okay yeah. Yeah. and i yeah. just had to move on
1: <laughs> yeah yeah and and the the sets in that movie like uh doorways are like they're not normal doorways they have them cut out it's i could i guess they used a lot of wood and they constructed these these things the doorways so have everything
0: like, looks like a painting
1: yeah yeah painting the doorways have like angles in them so you're having to step over like sharp edges it's so weird it's (laughs) It's very strange yeah i i I enjoyed it yeah it's not the most exciting movie per se but i was kind of fascinated the whole time it's like what is what is going on here and then i realized the guy's insane which is part of the reason why (laughs) the whole thing was portrayed as like a dream like surrealism or expressionism is what you know, they ended up calling it that, you know, of course, the French critics they went back in time and they, they labeled some of these things because at the time I don't think the Germans were saying we're gonna make an expressionist expressionistic film. They, they, that term didn't come until later, and uh, but all the Germans Robert Wein was one, uh, uh, uh Fritz Lang, F.W. Murnau, Murnau, I guess you pronounce it, who did Nosferatu, those were three, mm-hmm. three, and they all kind of had a similar uh, style of. Getting into the minds of characters, like so, what you were seeing—you thought you were seeing reality, but you really weren't. You were seeing this imagined reality coming from the mind of a character, you know. And so early on, these these filmmakers realized the power of film—the power that uh, we can we can show things on the screen that you think are real, but they're not. They're actually in the minds of people, and that to me that was amazing. That they thought so deeply about motion pictures. Right from the beginning, almost, you know. So, yeah. Um, did, did, in, in any of your classes, did you ever see the movie A Trip to the Moon from 1902? That's on YouTube too. I think. I think I watched it. No, we have not. Yeah, trip Trip to the Moon is an 18 minute. It's a sci. It's the I would call it this very first sci-fi horror film. And mm. uh, it's basically these these scientists getting in. it. But it's all done. It's almost like you're watching a play because the sets are constructed. There's not a lot of depth, like everything is done foreground, like everything's done foreground. There's not a lot of things going on in the background, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So, it's, it, you know, I think when motion pictures first started, we, we couldn't really think in terms of the medium so much. So we were used to theater, which was done on a stage. So a lot of these early silent films, especially, they basically just constructed sets like you would do a play. And then they filmed the play, so to speak, you know?
0: Yeah, they so, also acted as they did in plays too because yeah. they made sure to make them very, very, very over-the-top expressive.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um,
0: which they had to then, they toned it down later on when they figured out they don't got to do that.
1: Right, exactly. But, but it's, it's kind of neat because yeah. it's its own art form acting in that way, like over-expressing yourself and, and uh, put using white makeup. They use a lot of white makeup so when the light hits your face, yeah. it was really super bright, you know? And uh, you know, and I I didn't mind that because it's like okay, it's not realistic, but it's an artistic expression of emotions. You know, is what they're trying to do. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, some of the acting—you could call it. I think my
0: favorite, my favorite silent one we've watched so far was the. uh, I think it's called Falling Leaves. Have you seen it? I don't know. I don't.
1: I don't think I know that one.
0: Director is it's. It was one of the first ones that had like the main actress was a child. Okay, um, and it was a story about. It was a story about a. like a really sick person. It's a sad one, but like, okay, it was one of the first, it was directed by a woman. Oh, all uh, right. this was in the twenties or yeah. wait, no, it was earlier oh. than that. Cause it was pre-code cause they didn't have, it was well, that, a that
1: would film. Be, 20s would be pre-code. Yeah.
0: Okay, good. I yeah. think, yeah. I think sometimes, yeah. the years, the years sometimes get like, sometimes they're just all over the place, but yeah, um, that one was cool because it was the first movie to use like filters to change the colors of scenes.
1: Oh, okay. So it's called falling yeah. leaves. Yeah. I'll have to look that up. Cause a lot of these are just on YouTube. <laughs> People just put them out on YouTube and I guess they're sold. They don't, <laughs> they don't care. They leave the YouTube doesn't care. They just leave them out there. Um, yeah.
0: Falling leaves. Uh, the director is a woman. So that was really cool.
1: That's cool. This and is I a want...
0: feminist, it's a feminist film class is what I'm taking.
1: Oh, okay, cool. Excellent. Oh, good. Then you, you'll, you'll probably learn about Laura Mulvey and uh, Carol Clover. I, we have. Okay. We have cool. Been cool. Them. Yeah. 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 They're both super awesome. cool. Yeah. So we'll talk about them later, but I was going to say, Actually, in the 1890s, the 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 brothers, August and Louis Lumiere, which, you know, Ooh. Lumiere is the, is the candle in uh, Beauty and the Beast.
0: I was about right? to say, I was like. That's where they got the, the name beast, from. Yeah,
1: yeah Lumiere. Because that's the brothers. That's cool. They made this short film called uh, Arrival of a Train. It was like 50, 50 seconds long. But all, all it was was oh. they basically put the camera on a stand right next to train tracks and they rolled film. And then the camera, the camera just filmed the train coming in, but it, 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 you know, from being small to being huge, you know, and so now it's just a rumor, but they, they kind of played it up to where they said that uh, audiences that went in to watch this, this movie and most, most movie theaters were very tiny. I think back then, I don't think they're real big, you know, um, and they called them views, not films. They called them views, V-I-E-U-W-S, <laughs> it's weird, views. Arrival of a train frightened audiences so much that some of them, as the train was getting closer to the screen, to the camera, they got up out of their seats, seat screaming, and they started trying to run out of the room.
0: Um, you know? you know what's insane is because my teacher told us that same story. Yeah, she was telling she told us the same story about how when the train would get closer, closer to the screen, people would start getting really uncomfortable and they would right. run for the doors. They were like, "That thing's about to come through the screen." They and, believe and,
1: that, right? And to us, that seems, that seems ridiculous because we're so used to film, you know. Yeah. But if you think about it, if you could put your your plate, your mind in the place of someone in the early 1900s or 1890s, who for the first time maybe ever is seeing because there was no TV. TV wasn't going to happen until about 40 years later, you know. Uh, watching objects moving at you on a big screen, it, it would be frightening, you know. So I can I can um, I relate to that. You know? Yeah. I mean,
0: I like to think about stuff like that a lot. I yeah. put my mind in a place of, like, if I could time travel and go back and give a Puritan boy Pop Rocks, I would. Because I think it would kill him.
1: <laughs> pop Rocks. And soda. Pop Rocks and soda. Oh, my
0: God. He would just die. He just wouldn't even be, like, a pure, little Puritan boy. I yeah. think about that a lot. But, yeah. Um yeah. Our teacher did tell us that and how, like, the first couple of, like, times people came into the theater, it was very traumatizing.
1: Right. Yeah. And, and that gets back to our horror discussion that the idea of, you know, these moving mo- these moving images being scary, you know, so a lot of these filmmakers, I mean, the 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 uh, arrival of a train wasn't really meant to be a horror film. It was sort of, I guess, meant to be sort of an exciting movie because you're watching a train coming at you. But for some people, it was a horror film because it was frightening, you know,
0: Well, they thought, they're, so- they, thought they were about to get hit by a train. <laughs>
1: exactly. Yeah. And um so that's we talked a lot about the silent era. I'll skip some of this stuff, but then you got the '30s and the '40s, right? So, 1930s and '40s. So, have you seen any of the old Universal Pictures of movies? You know, Universal monsters, so to speak. Um, um, Dracula, Frankenstein, Mummy, Invisible Man. Well, Of course, they made they remade the Invisible Man, which right we talked. Yeah, about I've that. seen
0: the remake of the Invisible Man, and yeah. I've seen King Kong, the original King Kong. I yeah. watched. I watched it and I was
1: like, wow, that was really something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I just list out some of these because, you know, in the 30s and 40s, it became real popular. The the uh, All the, the um, Frankenstein, all the, the monsters that were based on old novels from, you know, 100 years or more before, they started to make movies of, of these. They actually made a few in the 20s, silent movies. They did some silent ones. And then they sort of remaked some of them, you know, in the 30s. And that was Universal Pictures, and they were hugely popular. And They, were, they weren't sure how, how popular like someone like Dracula was going to be who would bite into women's necks, you know, and stuff. But uh, Apparently
0: very popular. People
1: loved them. <laughs> yeah, certain, certain segment. I mean, sure, just like today, there's probably certain segment of people back then that, that were horrified and would, would not even want to watch a movie like that. And there were other people like you and me who would, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then gothic horror became real popular in the 40s, which uh, gothic horror stressed emotion and it also drew from romantic literature. But it had a lot of, you know, a lot of old castles, thunderstorms, people with hidden pasts, like hinting at things that happened horribly in their past, you know, um, and strange, mysterious characters and some supernatural elements you know those those were popular in the 40s uh, i didn't listen to any of the movies but there was well rebecca was one actually that's a hitchcock movie from the 40s uh, the movie rebecca had was considered gothic horror i guess but
0: wait just speaking of gothic real quick throwing it right yeah. back to cabinet of caligari just for a second yeah. you know the scene where he has the knife and he's holding the knife over the woman yes that scene is the most gothic-looking scene I've, like, ever seen in my entire life.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well... It, the and the, the it's
0: shadows, shadows and yeah. the painting... A, right. ...and the size of the knife and the contrast, like, the light shining off of it, and she's laying in this flowing, like, robe that's right. very, very, like, vampire gothic. Like, that... That scene, I was like, wow.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was all about... You know, because there weren't any... There wasn't any audible dialogue, so it was all about... Uh, getting the most out of a visual, you know? And so they, they play it around with shadows and all that kind of stuff back then. Yeah. You know, for to, to That's really... the most
0: Gothic thing I've ever seen. Just, you just mentioned right. Gothic. I was like that, yeah. that's the most Gothic scene I've ever laid eyes on.
1: Right. Yeah. No, I agree. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then of course you had actors like Boris Karloff, Bela Lugosi, Lon Chaney Jr. Bela Lugosi was famous for playing Dracula. Uh, Boris Karloff, I guess, did uh, Frankenstein and stuff. And, and some of these actors did multiple roles. You know, they did multiple films playing different things. Um, and then you okay, let's move to the 1950s. So the 1950s was a, a huge boom in sci-fi, sci-fi and sci-fi horror. Part of it was because, you know, World War II had just ended. And yet the idea of a nuclear, you know, we talked about that in the Godzilla vs Kong, the idea of Godzilla kind of came out of world war two and, and radiation. And so the American filmmakers played on a lot of that, the fear of, of potential war again, and the fear of flying saucers and, and aliens and extraterrestrials. Right. So mm-hmm. lots of sightings back then. So all these movies came out, some of them pretty had pretty hilarious names. Like I list a lot of them. I don't know how many of these you've seen, but Uh, The Day the Earth Stood Still. These are some classic ones. The Day the Earth Stood Still. Forbidden Planet. Uh, The Thing from Another World. (laughs) Invasion of the Body Snatchers, which that's been remade multiple times. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Um, Hmm. It Came from Outer Space.
0: (laughs) These are pretty dramatic.
1: Yeah. And then Earth versus the Flying Saucers. Oh, my God. The the versus, the whole idea of versus, you know, because, you know, sports were popular back then, but they, they used... Uh, they pitted two things well, against like, each other. Yeah, King well, isn't Kong there versus like Cowboys. For, yeah, Cowboys, Cowboys versus, versus Aliens. There you go. Cowboys versus Alien. Anytime you put "versus" in a title, it's going to have.
0: Well, then there's wrong. also there's the movies like there's Freddy versus Jason. If we're talking about horror, yeah, there you go. Those
1: Movies too. in the modern era, they still use the verses. Yeah, they too.
0: still do that.
1: Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, and so, yeah, so actually, it combined the, the fear of the bomb, the atomic age with the space race and UFO sightings. So we were talking about getting to the moon, but we don't get to the moon until 1969. But, you know, just the idea of, of uh, potentially there being aliens and extraterrestrials out there, that was very scary to people. So they, they played on that with uh, some of these horror movies. And then you had a lot of different kinds of, some of the other genres of horror movies were coming out in the 50s that we talked about. The Bad Seed, uh, which was, uh, I guess, uh, like a possession movie or de- demonic movie or whatever. Um, I Was a Teenage Werewolf. That's a pretty funny title.
0: I'm looking at this list right now and I see yeah. one called The Tingler.
1: The what Tingler. The Tingler? Oh, yeah. yeah, The Tingler what? was, it was just a little like thing that I guess it got in your back but it, 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 they actually showed it at one point. It's like a little thing that just crawled on the ground. But it got. But the thing with the Tingler was they actually—they actually, um, they actually uh, uh, equipped all of these movie theaters. You know how you do 4D now with some of the, you know. Yeah. Yeah, they did that back then in real movie theaters. They didn't call it 4D, but they—they they, uh, for the Tingler and for other movies, they actually hooked uh, uh, little electronic shocks in some of the seats. So when you watch the Tingler at different points, some of the seats, I don't think all of them, some of the seats, they actually turned the electricity on and people jumped and screamed. I know?
0: would hate that.
1: <laughs> no, I know. I that would
0: either. hate <laughs> that.
1: But, uh, but in the Tingler, I hate that they
0: called it the Tingler. The
1: t- I hate Tingler. Yeah. Vincent Price. That's the
0: worst name.
1: Vincent Price was a very popular actor in horror movies. He made a bunch of movies in the fifties and sixties. Uh, he was in the fly too, but he was also in the Tingler. Um, but, uh, he was yeah. in
0: Edward Scissorhands.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. He he made movies later too. Yeah, yeah, pretty uh, iconic actor, horror actor. Um, okay, let's move into the sixties. So the, the, the whole independent filmmaker revolution, right? Hollywood, Hollywood was still sort of making movies, but it was all sort of these independent films. Filmmakers still sort of under a Hollywood system, but just. Uh, that's where the rating system came in. So all these film, younger filmmakers were coming in, wanting to show. And this is
0: where we get, this is where we get our big name classics.
1: Right. Yeah. Some of the, well, Psycho, uh, um, the birds. Well, also
0: big name classic
1: directors. Right. Yeah. Hitchcock. Well, Hitchcock, but then, but then, uh, yeah, the early ones like Roman Polanski, who went on to do other movies, but he Mm -hmm. did, um, Roman Polanski did uh, Rosemary's Baby, which that's, that's an amazing movie. You need to see that. That's,
0: I think we're gonna watch it in my class because she yeah. talks a lot about Plinsky and she talks a lot about Romero. And she talks a lot about Francis Ford Coppola. A oh, lot. There
1: you yeah, yeah. George Romero did Night of the Living Dead, of course, and then he did Dawn of the Dead. He, he took him ten years to remake or do a sequel of the Night of the Living Dead. Night of the Living Dead was like 1969, I think, and Dawn of the Dead wasn't until like 1979, so <laughs> ten years between. But um, and there's other ones there, um, and then a, a sort of a, a revival of Frankenstein and Dracula movies. Gothic horror movies again with uh, a company called Hammer Films, which they were from Great Britain, from England, and they were cranking mm-hmm. out a bunch of whole bunch of um, of Frankenstein and Dracula movies, with, of course, all new actors because this was like 40, 40 years after uh, you know the the original Boris Karloff and Bela Lugosi movies, the Universal Picture movies. So uh, they made a bunch of them. Sixties. Uh, so now we're getting to the seventies. So seventies <laughs> paper uh, crinkling. Yeah, the paper crinkling. The 70s had a lot of classic sci-fi and horror, you know, so, so many, some of the titles were pretty ridiculous, you know, just like the 60s, but, uh, <laughs> um, you got Steven Spielberg, you know, that was, his first movie was called Duel, which you probably never saw Duel, but it was, uh, Duel was a, a truck, a driverless truck that, uh, uh, basically terrorized people. That was Spielberg's first movie.
0: It was actually pretty wow. well done.
1: Yeah. Pretty well done. And actually, one of my early memories of a film like that was called The Car. The Car. The car, The Car from 1977, which is similar to Duel. But um, do I mention that? I mentioned it earlier, I think. But uh, The Car was one of the first horror movies I remember seeing on TV. It was released in the theaters, but I only saw it on TV. About a black sedan driverless car, you know, that terrorized, like, terrorized the town. And I'm surprised they're not making more driverless car horror movies now. <laughs> You know what I mean? With Tesla. uh, I mean, there's been some movies that have worked that technology into their stories about the government coming in and controlling the cars. But I don't know. It just seems ripe for, uh, in this day and age for driverless car horror movies. Come on. The only scene
0: that come, (laughs) come on Hollywood. The only scene that I can think of is in the Chucky, the child's play Chucky reboot that came out a couple years ago. Right. um, Where he like took over a car and like, he did yeah. that but that's like exactly. that's the only thing that i can think of that's well,
1: and, there, and there was a movie called uh oh shoot it was the the guy who did uh invisible man um uh no, i just forgot the name of the movie he did before that um where the it was the new
0: invisible man or the old one
1: the new one oh yeah upgrade it was called upgrade lee lee wannell lee wannell he's a australian guy he did invisible man mm-hmm. in 2020 but he his first movie that he he wrote and directed because he wrote saw, he wrote uh, other movies for James Wan. He wrote saw insidious and the conjuring, I think uh, for, for uh, James Wan. But then Lee went the writer of saw went on to become a filmmaker too. And he did upgrade in 2018, which was had, it had driverless car. It had basically driverless car technology in it. And there was some significant scenes with that, but yeah, I'm surprised there's not more, more of those kind of movies um yeah there really
0: could be that or that could be like a black mirror episode or something
1: there you go yeah it's black mirror that would make sense uh but yeah so the 70s and 80s so 80s well 70s you know you got so many sci-fi classic sci-fi and horror movies you know uh oh dario argento that was the italian director of suspiria that i couldn't remember he's listed in here mm-hmm. um but so many of the, of the ones that are considered sort of all-time classics now, filmmakers, and most of these guys are still alive. Some of them aren't really making movies actively, but John Carpenter, who did Halloween, right? Um, uh, Ridley Scott, who did Alien, but but Ridley Scott has made a bunch of other movies besides horror yeah. movies or sci-fi horror. He did Gladiator and he did a bunch of... Your, fa- your favorite, Stanley Kubrick. I'm <laughs> just being funny. Clockwork, Clockwork Orange. Clockwork Orange, Yeah. But he did The Shining. So we we forgive him, right? We we forgive him for all of his terrible movies because he made The Shining, even though he treated Shelley Saval like poop. I just, I just,
0: move on. Move on from him. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah,
1: that's fine. But, um, yeah, so the 70s just has so much, you know. uh, I got got them all listed there. Toby Hooper, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Steven Spielberg, Jaws. Brian De Palma, like, Carrie. I feel
0: like you should publish your notes somehow so we can read them because you've I got know. like this is like an essay.
1: I know. It's, well, it's just bullet points though. It's it's not really a lot of stuff. Yeah, okay, So like now let's get, get let's get into the eighties. Let's get into the nineteen eighties because that's maybe. Oh, you're my excited day. about this one. What's that? Yeah, I'm excited I mean, about this one. There's so much in it, and uh, so so in your class, you said you you've talked about you've mentioned Laura Mulvey who wrote, um, she basically invented male gaze theory with one essay. Like a twelve-page essay, she invented male gaze theory, basically. Oh. So I don't know. Did you talk? Did you mention Laura Mulvey yet?
0: In, um, in your class? the name has been brought up, but she hasn't mentioned okay. what you are talking about right now.
1: Well, she wrote a, an essay in nineteen seventy-three. I don't know where it was published, but uh, it's called. It was called. Here is the title: Visual Pleasure, <laughs> Visual Pleasure, Ooh. and Narrative nice. and Narrative Cinema. And I actually just read it this morning. I had never read the essay before, and I read it this morning, and it's pretty amazing. And she does mention, literally mentioned the phrase male gaze. I think she only mentions the phrase male gaze once, though. But she talks all about it. She talks about the idea. She uses a lot of a Sigmund Freud's, you know, so it's a lot of psychoanalytic theory, sexual stuff. Oh, wow. But but from a feminist, you know, feminist standpoint. So you'll probably get into more Laura Mulvey because she's sort of one of the grandmothers, so to speak, of the feminist movement, the modern feminist movement. Yeah. But she talks a lot about scopo- scopophilia. Scopophilia is <laughs> the pleasure of looking. So, so people, you know, derive sexual pleasure from looking. But the idea of male gaze is all about, of course, as you know. Most filmmakers are men. Unfortunately, I say unfortunately because there's a lot of yep. there's a lot of bad films out there. If, if there was probably more women making films, we might have more good movies. I don't know.
0: Well, and a this, lot of the big hits from, like, silent film era were made by women, so.
1: Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. So there's always been women making movies, but, you know, over the years, they sort of, it's been a male-dominated business, unfortunately. It was and, because
0: yeah. they paid, men were getting paid so much more. Right. Um, that women kind of just started falling out of the, and then it became male-dominated, and then the men kicked the women out, and then it was like, Wow.
1: Right. And Laura Mulvey, basically, she's the first, I mean, this has been going on for years, but in 1973, this essay was sort of groundbreaking and it's still to this day, she's cited as, as, because her ideas that she talked about in 1973 are still kind of a problem today with, with movies, you know, because the idea is, I guess that um, we only care about what men care about. And so um, we're going to focus on the woman's body and, you know, and, and, Various things that will sort of, so to speak, get a, a man going. Yet, you know, there's heterosexual women and just women in general who just want to see other things on a screen, and so do men. <laughs> I'm speaking for myself. I don't want believe it or not, believe it or not, I don't want to see just a bunch of sex on the screen. I actually enjoy interesting characters, and you know, and I mean, I'm I'm, I'm generalizing, but. you know, there's so many movies where they just really focus on that. Uh, Well, in, in her, uh, in, in a, another essay that I read talking about Laura Malvay, they, they sort of take her ideas and they talk about current films that are still having the same problem. Like the whole transformers series, you know, Michael Bay, who's a big,
0: I've never seen a single transformer movie.
1: uh, Yeah. You don't, you don't need to see it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I I knew that from a young age. I was like, this is
1: (laughs) stupid. Yeah. But in the very first transformers movie, there's, um, a famous scene that introduces uh, – oh, shoot, I just forgot her name. The, is it Megan Fox? Megan Fox, there you go. See, obviously I don't care that, <laughs> yeah. I don't care that much. I couldn't even remember her name. Well, but I mean, I'm
0: going to know what Megan Fox is in. I mean, come on,
1: it's Megan Fox. The thing is, though, this is what Michael Bay would say. Well, okay, yeah, I show Michael uh, Megan Fox and I, I sort of film her s- sexually, but, but she knows something about cars. <laughs>
0: Hello.
1: <laughs> that, would his, that would be his argument for uh, – He's being very forward-thinking in, in, in his feminism, you know. But
0: look, uh, she's hot and she can fix a car. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty cray cray, you guys.
1: <laughs> yeah, but yeah, the way she's filmed, it's all about you know, just you know, the male gaze. I mean, it's it's we don't we don't care like in terms of the, that film and, and film scenes, and a lot of horror movies have this, you know, where they're really not uh, showing a woman on the screen for being an interesting person, you know what I mean? She's just a model on the screen, you know, and (laughs) and, and apparently filmmakers really thought that audiences really didn't care. And I guess a lot of them didn't because these movies made a lot of money. You know, I'm just talking in general about a lot of movies that have this kind of stuff in it, but, you know, there's a lot of intelligent film goers too, like me, who's a man, you know, and I want more than that, (laughs) you know? So, I mean, I know you Well,
0: Steve... You're just one of the good ones and there's just not many.
1: <laughs> I'm not saying I'm perfect or anything, but you know, I like, I like good <laughs> movies and to me, a good movie doesn't necessarily have to have all that stuff in it. You know, it can, it can have, it can have that as an effect for certain things to comment on other male characters maybe, but yeah. So there's a scene, I got to tell you this, in Friday the 13th part three, it's ridiculous. There's a scene. It <laughs> they, they take them to part three to get, to get that bad. But uh Part three, toward the beginning of the movie, it's, it's you know, all those movies basically have kind of the same story, right? The first one, well, first, the first one is the best one, but you're you're bored by it. So I guess maybe it's... Well, it's,
0: I just, it's like, it's just the same thing happening over and over again. And I yeah, just,
1: it's true. It's no. true. It's true. It, it, actually, that's one of those movies where I didn't like it as much when I saw it when I was younger, because for that, that exact reason, that, that it's, it's kind of repetitive. But, but in hindsight, looking back on it, it's actually one of, unfortunately, one of the better ones. Because the tropes really weren't set up yet. So it was being... I don't
0: know. The tropes seem pretty... I mean, every woman that runs away falls and is like, oh, no. I'm... Ah, ah. Yeah, yeah. And then she dies. And it's like, for real? Yeah. <laughs> like she, this girl was running one mile an hour and fell like six times. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding yeah. me right now?
1: But what's <laughs> amazing about Friday the 13th is you don't know who the killer is until the very end. So,
0: yeah, but I also get sick of just only seeing a hand.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're just seeing a hand. Yeah, anyways, I won't give that away because you haven't seen it. But what was I was going to say is in Inferno 30 Part 3, it's the most ridiculous male gaze movie scene that I've ever seen. You know, And I was reminded of it when I watched it again, because I watched it recently. But I saw it in the theater, and I'd forgotten the scene. But basically, girls and guys at a camp again, I think. I think it's a camp. Uh, Great, not, another you know, camp. Canoeing, but it's like not like a summer camp. It's like <laughs> canoeing or something. But one of the girl characters is introduced, and she 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 walks, you know, uh, toward the camera, like from a little bit of a distance. But then all of a sudden, as she's walking, then the camera just cuts to an edit where her butt is completely filling the. I mean, imagine seeing, and I saw this on on the at the theater. Right. <laughs> her butt walking, her her butt, walking, and it wasn't for a second. The the camera stayed on her butt for like. It seemed like thirty seconds, but it couldn't have been that long. That would have been ridiculous. But it was probably at least eight to ten seconds, which is way too long for making any kind of point about anything. Other than, (laughs) and what was weird is it wasn't even. It was beyond male gaze because male gaze tends to be showing a male character's viewpoint in the in the in the scene, watching this. So so the camera is positioned such that. It, it would make sense that the male is seeing that. But the, all the males uh, were at least 20 yards away from this female, right? So, yeah, they might have been looking at her butt as she was walking, but they would have seen it from a distance. But this scene, <laughs> I just I'm talking about the scene because it was so ridiculous. The camera just cuts right to her butt, and, and her, her cheeks are kind of coming out of her pants. They're short.
0: Her gluteal
1: fold. Yeah, and she's just walking. You know and the camera's just totally following the butt like for I mean just only the butt only the butt for a full eight ten seconds it's oh my God. so it's <laughs> over the top it's ridiculous you know that's a perfect example Laura Mulvey would be like that movie was made 10 years after her essay was written I'm sure she she probably saw that movie because someone someone probably said you need to see this movie and see in 10 years we have not advanced <laughs> at all we've gotten we've gone backwards <laughs> we've gone backwards anyways.
0: <laughs> She's like, Laura, um, we got more work to do.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's just so ridiculous. And, yeah, Friday the 13th Part 3, it was in 3D, which I remember. That was very primitive 3D back then. What? But I remember it was like the red and green or the red and blue glasses that you wore. So it wasn't even really clear 3D. It wasn't good. (laughs) Um, There were some interesting things in Friday the 13th Part 3, though, besides the girl's butt. (laughs) But it was still ridiculous. Like, it was beyond, you know... You know, they, they they couldn't make a good movie anymore. And they made like four or five or six Friday the 13th after that. So I, I haven't even seen all of them. I've only seen, I think I've seen five of them. I think they made like nine. I actually bought the box set just, just to have it. Really mainly for what? the first two movies were okay. But uh I have the box set because it was like $10 for all the movies. So I just went ahead and bought the box
0: set. Well, maybe you should watch, like, the newer remakes and see if they hold up okay.
1: That's true. I, I, they did remake the original Friday the 13th, and I, I never saw the remake. So I'm wondering um, what kind of slant they put on that. Because, it, like I said, the first film is interesting because of you don't know who the killer is. So it's like more like a, an Italian giallo movie, like I said. A killer uh, Italian giallo movie where they... they uh, they obscure the face of the killer. You never know who it is. And mm-hmm. in fact, in front of the 13th, you, all you see is a hand, like you noticed. You, all you see is a hand until the very end and they reveal who the killer is. And it's pretty, it was pretty shocking for the time, you know, and, and even, even today it is because you're so used to, you have in your mind a certain kind of character that's a killer and this person is not that. I'll just say that.
0: Kind of well, like, it's the, like opening. the
1: Yeah. Don't judge a book by its cover. Right. It's kind of like the beginning of Halloween, you know, Halloween starts with, I don't know if you remember the 1978 Halloween. It starts with the the sister being killed. Someone puts on a mask. You don't know who it is. And then grabs a knife and then goes and kills the sister or kill, not sister, kills the girl. And she even says, Michael, I think she even says Michael, but you don't know who Michael is. So you assume Michael's a grown man. And then the camera cuts back and you see that it's a little boy. That was groundbreaking. They basically had it. Yeah, I do yeah. remember.
0: It took me a minute yeah. though, to
1: remember the scene you're talking about. I do yeah. remember
0: that scene that yeah. that one. I was like, oh my gosh, it's Michael Myers already. And then it was stupid. as a seven
1: year old or six year old, you know. Yeah, so, yeah, that was pretty scary. But uh, but anyways, the eighties. Yeah, well, you know the. Did
0: you ever just real quick? Did you watch um, the Netflix series, the three part uh, Fear Street?
1: Uh, no, I started to watch the first one, and I, I guess I got somehow distracted. I do want to watch them all.
0: It's um, they're kind of slashery. They're very yeah. they're kind of they pull a lot from uh, Friday the Thirteenth and a lot from uh, Scream, right? And okay. uh, Halloween. They pull a lot from those three, yeah. and they're they're funny and they're they're also like really good. I enjoyed them a lot, and they're okay. also uh, written and directed by women, so oh pretty okay, cool. yeah, yeah, I'll have to see. That. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's going to have a different slant. Netflix to- is considering
0: yeah. making Fear Street a uh, Netflix is considering making Fear Street a whole cinematic universe because oh, wow. it's based on like basically it's kind of based like this town is notoriously haunted and creates killers kind of. Right. So, there's a yeah. lot of like lore and stuff to be to be discovered. It's pretty cool. I'd recommend watching it. Yeah, I'll have
1: to check I, I started to watch like the first one with the opening scene was kind of interesting. I I'll have to, you know, have to watch those but but yeah the 80s basically you know the graphic practical effects geniuses you know basically emerged and all of a sudden you got these incredible effects not done by computer but done by modeling and robotics and stuff like that you know uh, i so- can see
0: you have a uh, nightmare on elm street right here Yes. Uh, my favorite part from Nightmare on Elm Street in terms of effects was whenever the body on the bed was burned and turned to, to a skeleton, and oh, yeah. the bed opened up, and then the the body was slowly sucked into an abyss. Right, and it looked yeah, yeah. just so
1: bad. <laughs> it looked. So, oh, you're saying it, it looked it, awful. It didn't look realistic. Yeah.
0: No, it looked terrible, and I love Nightmare on right. Street. I thought it was amazing, but yeah. that scene really just was like, wow, they really tried.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to remember how I reacted to that, because I, I guess I don't remember it being that bad, but you're saying it was, it didn't it look right. It looked very,
0: yeah. do you remember, you know the scene in, um uh what's the, Indiana Jones, uh the one where they open up the thing and it melts all their faces off?
1: That's the first one, Raiders of the Lost Ark.
0: Yeah, Raiders of the Lost Ark, and they open yeah. up the Arc. Ark of the Covenant, and it yeah. melts her faces off, right. and that looked, like, so cheesy. It's like that.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah, they did that with, uh, like, time-lapse photography, I think, too. You know, it seemed like... <laughs> yeah, it was... It, okay, so I'll have, to, yeah, I'll have to see that. But uh, but in addition to Laura Mulvey, who wrote Visual Pleasure and Narrative Cinema, who invented male gaze theory, basically, with that 12-page essay... In 1992, actually, this girl started writing essays in the 80s, but uh, her name is Carol Clover, which you'll probably talk about Carol Clover, because um, she wrote, which I read the book. It's, it's about 200 pages long. It's basically made up of, of four long essays. And she essentially in- invented final girl theory with this book. <laughs> um, it's called, the name of the book is pretty cool title, Men, Women, and Chainsaws.
0: <laughs> Love
1: that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was published in 1982, but she was writing her essays and publishing, I guess them in maybe film journals and stuff as early as like 87. But, uh, but uh, what's funny is in this book, she, she wrote a new forward in 2015 that was put to the book. And she said, you know, she really appreciated the, the historical significance that this book has kind of taken on a life of its own. But, but she said, you know, I did write three other chapters because the final girl theory is only in chapter one. It's called, her, her body himself is the name of the chapter, her body himself, I think. And it mm-hmm. talks about final girl and it mentions Texas. He, she mainly focuses on Texas Chainsaw Massacre two for whatever reason, because, uh, she talks a lot about, uh, you know, these final girls being very masculine, you know, they're, they're, they're playing on, you know, uh, the masculine and the feminine, and the c- killers kind of being emasculated in a way like almost, uh, uh, not being able to have sex type thing, you know, they're, they're, they're uh, feminine, feminized in a way, you know, and and I don't want to get too much into it because it's almost like I'd have to take notes on the book to really talk about it intelligently, you know, but it's, it's pure film theory. I mean, she goes into, it's so deep, you know, with, with her writing, but, but that's only chapter one. And then she wrote chapter two about possession films and she talks about about that. She talks about The Exorcist and, and other movies. And then chapter three, she talks about um, rape revenge movies. And she talks about uh, um, what's the main one that she talks about? Um, I can't remember. Uh, but there's been so many rape revenge movies, you know. She talks about all the 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 aspects of rape revenge, you know. And, and some of these girls, you know, basically they exact their revenge in different ways and stuff. And then chapter four is about the eye and what. The, Kind of male gaze, but also what role the eyes play in seeing and visual stuff in horror films. You know, she, she she points out that in a lot of horror movies, think about it. in a lot, I didn't really think about this. In a lot of horror movies, they show the reaction of the characters first. I actually did that in Silver Lake. <laughs> yeah, you I did show that. I show the reaction, and that's just that becomes a horror trope. But it's very interesting that in a lot of horror scenes, they show the reaction of a character first. Looking at if anyone,
0: listening, if anyone listening doesn't know what Silver Lake is, it's a, a short home movie that Steve and me and some of my friends made when we were little children and he had a video camera while we were camping. Yeah. Okay. It's really
1: special. <laughs> yeah, you, can, you can look it up on YouTube. I think you can put it in Silver no, Lake. No, I think that
0: you should not.
1: <laughs> or Silver Lake Horror, maybe. Well, Silver Lake I don't or, know. for Vosnik, if you put in my last name. But anyways, uh, the idea of showing characters reacting horribly to something, you know, opening their eyes really wide, and, but you don't see what they're looking at. And then yeah, either the, either the camera shows what they're seeing or the camera doesn't even show what they're seeing. You know, just the <laughs> idea of, of characters reacting is, is horrific, you know, and because of, of, of what they're seeing. Anyways, it's, it's, it's pretty good. Well,
0: that's one of the reasons why I didn't like Friday the 13th is because I personally don't really like that style as much because it was oh. a lot of them turning their head, them looking and going, Oh no, who are you? Don't. And then, the, and then like, yeah. you know, it just happens and you're like, okay.
1: That's and true. There's a lot so of that cheesy. in that because you never see the killer until the end. You don't see the killer. Yeah. I just see a lot of
0: girls running in the woods. Like I just, it's a lot of girls running through the woods um, and you never actually see anything. And it's like, kind of just like what's going on.
1: Yeah. And actually the end of Friday the 13th, get back to Friday the 13th again. They, they meant for it to be just a single film, just like a lot of movies you know, they don't back then, especially they didn't design a film to say, okay, we're definitely going to do like 17 sequels to this film. They made the film and that was it. It was supposed to be done. And, they had to come up with an idea to, to continue on. I won't give up give away the ending of Friday the Thirteenth because you haven't seen it, but and and because of that, they, they, so a, a new guy, Steve Miner, wanted to, to make a sequel to Friday the Thirteenth, and they, and they backed him up. But the, some of the people who were in Friday the Thirteenth, the original, backed off because they didn't they didn't see a point in making a sequel.
0: They felt that it was like it had run its course; it was done.
1: Yeah, it was done because it was written as a as a kind of complete story by itself. But And it is kind of ridiculous uh, the, how Friday the 13th Part 2 and who the killer is in that, which you know, it's Jason. Uh, but anyways, how that came to be, and <laughs> if you think about it, they were thinking of it more realistically, whereas Steve Miner and some of these filmmakers that wanted to make the sequels kind of were thinking about Jason supernaturally, right? So that's how they were able to sort of, continue with the series because essentially you can't be killed <laughs> you know um, and
0: i don't that's to me is lazy because that just means yeah. you can get a bunch of crappy sequels and right. it's like great
1: yeah. i could see that yeah being lazy because it's one of the essentially-
0: reasons why i freaking hate michael myers because it's just like <laughs> the dude is like he gets shot like nine times in the chest right. and he just walks away yeah Okay? I, I, what yeah. do you mean?
1: I mean, I'm okay with it, because I, I just go with it. You know, yeah, you're, you're right, though. At the yeah, end I'm
0: going to go with it, but I'm just upset by it.
1: Yeah, at the end of Halloween, He he's... Because he's, really, right, you're right. Up to that point, Halloween is sort of a realistic movie there's not a lot of.
0: it's um, really realistic until Michael Myers literally cannot like Michael Myers in different like I've seen multiple Halloween movies he'll be lit on fire he'll be shot he'll be stabbed (laughs) he'll be thrown downstairs the dude does not get hurt and I'm like every single thing about this movie is realistic except for this like serial killers exist like all of these things are very possible except for that you know Michael Myers should not be just unable to get damaged at all
1: yeah I see what you're saying because like it annoys me compared to Nightmare on Elm Street you're already in this world where you know uh, reality it's
0: dreamlike you know it's dreamlike so things can be weird and I'm okay with it because they explained it
1: yeah that makes sense
0: they explained it they never said Michael Myers is a super like monster of a man they just is like he's just a regular dude he's just crazy but apparently he's invincible yeah
1: So, I mean, there's so many, so many movies in the eighties. I got so many notes here, trauma pictures. They were uh, Lloyd Kaufman. They were a a, a small B company, very tiny company. And they made movies like the toxic Avenger and class of Newcomb high. (laughs) They made some really dumb movies, but James Gunn, who did end up doing, um, you know, guardians of the galaxy and, the new which I, I still haven't seen the new Suicide Squad. I missed it. It was on HBO. I
0: haven't either.
1: Yeah, I heard it was... I mean, I've heard mixed reviews, but from most of the friends... I've
0: heard mixed reviews too. Most of my
1: friends say, you should see it. It's pretty good. So I, I trust James Gunn, I think. But anyways, he got his start with Troma Pictures at the end. Like He was writing Tromeo and Juliet. They had one, one called Tromeo and Juliet, not Romeo. <laughs> Troma Pictures. But it, it, they were sort of horror comedy, but they, they kind of pushed the envelope. They had their own style. That started in the 80s. Um, of course, Stephen King, you know, Stephen King as an author exploded in the 80s. Like every single one of his novels became a movie. And most of them were pretty bad. The novels were good. Most of the novels <laughs> were good. But most of the movies were bad. Other than- I've seen
0: very few Stephen King movies, um, but I did read. Well, I didn't read. I listened to the audiobook of the, what's the one about the, the pandemic that happened?
1: Oh, The Stand. Yeah. The stand. The
0: stand. I, I listened to that audiobook. It was like 48 hours long. It I was, was oh, audio. Yes, yeah,
1: so uh, yeah. I I um the stand actually I've never read all the way through because I actually got the long version. It's over a thousand pages, and I I started to read it and I read a lot of it, I think, and then I just put it down. I wasn't bored necessarily. It was just I put it down, and then I just started reading something else, and I never went back. I never went back to
0: Yeah. Me. Audible but, only has a long version. Um, if there's, there's one thing about, I, I, okay. I love Stephen King. I think like his books are amazing. There's just one thing I could do without is that he has to describe women in the most bizarre way. Like, like a woman will walk into a room and he's like her supple breasts in the moonlight. And I'm like, do you really have to say that though? Yeah. Uh, Because like, (laughs) I'm like, she could have
1: just showed up. I think he's a little bit more poetic than that, but, uh, yeah, Yeah. I agree. Um, That
0: actually was a line from. The one I've read, supple, but
1: supple yeah, several yeah.
0: breasts in uh, the moonlight.
1: Yeah. I said okay, yeah. I was
0: like, but I was it was listening to an audiobook, so that made it might have made it more awkward because this guy right. was like reading it to me. But I was like, okay. eh, this feels like yeah. I mean,
1: he's written so many so many things that uh, yeah.
0: A, it's just it's just one thing I could do without.
1: <laughs> and but he he is I think by some feminists he is regarded as um, you know uh, in terms of his novels as sort of. Um, because he's written so many stories where where the the girls women
0: is, have it, yeah is it, the well, main character in, like even Carrie, it,
1: Carrie, well Carrie
0: and, and even yeah. in it Beverly's not helpless
1: right and I'm I'm actually in the middle of reading Lisa's 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 story L I S E Y P O S V I S Lisa's story which is a novel huh. he wrote in I think two thousand five or two thousand six that's that's also an Apple an Apple Plus TV series so I got the book in order to. I'll read it in order to watch the series. But it's its main character is a woman, you know, in that story. And uh it's it's pretty That's interesting. Cool. It's yeah, it's um so anyways. But yes, the explosion of Stephen King, you know, and Dead Zone, Pet Cemetery, Christine, Children of the Corn, Cujo, Maximum Overdrive, which was actually based on a short story called Trucks. But they made made the movie called Maximum Overdrive. And Silver Bullet. There's so many. Creep Show, which was like an anthology movie, it had five short. You ever see Creep Show? No. You probably would like that because it's five short stories, like written for the screen. It was not a novel, and Stephen King wrote these stories, screenplays for the for the movie, you know, movie screen. And uh, he's actually in one of them. He plays he plays the main character in one of the stories. It's pretty funny. Um, well, that's cool. Yeah, Creep Show, but yeah, that's. Oh, man, I guess we're still going because now you got the 90s.
0: I mean, yeah, we're only at one hour and 36 minutes.
1: Okay, well, let's keep going. So the 90s, more Stephen King. Uh, Francis Ford Coppola, who did The Godfather, he actually made Bram Stoker's Dracula, which is pretty good. I don't know if you, I mean, we're going to get to one movie that we'll talk about for a little bit. Oh Although Scream, of course, Scream is Scream 2, Wes Craven. Uh, i know what you did last summer 1997 did you ever see i know what you did last summer
0: um no but i've heard of, like it's referenced a lot
1: yeah it's it's a good one and then of course leprechaun from 1993 starring <laughs> jennifer aniston
0: jennifer aniston
1: yeah that's uh, so funny silence of the lambs which you saw right 1991
0: yeah I do love um, that jodie foster
1: Wes Craven actually made another movie called The People Under the Stairs in 1991, which sounds like a dumb title, The People Under the Stairs, but it's actually a very kind of intelligent horror film. It deals with race and stuff. Um, and they're supposedly going to remake it. Uh, get, uh, what's his name? Jordan Peele was going to be involved. Maybe not necessarily as director, but I think he bought the rights to this story, The People Under the Stairs. And so, you know, a, a, a black guy is going to remake that movie, which probably will be I'm thinking will be really good. You know, I mean yeah. Jordan Peele, for me, he made Get Out, which was awesome. He made us, which you and I both agree were, was not as good, right? We didn't like us. No, I did not like that movie. Yeah. Um The Sixth Sense, which was at the end of the nineties, nineteen ninety nine, which you still haven't seen which, that, right? Sixth Sense?
0: No, I did see it and I oh, thought you it did was see boring. It? I oh. I fell asleep.
1: Oh, okay. See, you gotta start these movies earlier in the night. I'm just kidding.
0: No, that actually we did. It was just really okay. boring. All right, all
1: right. Because <laughs> yeah, I mean, the
0: thing is, my parents were like, my parents told me how they thought it was so scary. When they watched it, it was so scary and how yeah. it was the biggest plot twist of all time. But the thing about it is, is I'm twist. watching it. Well, yeah, I did. Yeah, but yeah. also, if I were to not know the ending, I would be able to figure it out because it's oh. obvious.
1: Well, you say that, see, but I mean, may- maybe that's true. But if you went in well, for sure not knowing... Which you that's what it's hard to it's hard to know that for sure it's
0: hard to know but the thing is i know watching it that no one paid attention to him no one looked at him in all of the photos of the boy there's always orbs and orbs are ghosts
1: okay so i in
0: spirits so i know these things i'm in context clues i feel like i'd be able to figure it out and then i told that to my mom and she said to shut up so, <laughs> I mean, he it's, did, it's
1: <laughs> quite possible that you would have been able to. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily doubt that. But uh, I don't
0: know. It's a good movie. I just don't think that my, I don't know. My dad and my mom hyped it up a lot, um, and I just feel like it did not.
1: I don't know. It was fine. But it was also, okay. also in 1999, besides the Sixth Sense, there was a little movie called The Blair Witch Project. Let's talk about that. Ugh. <laughs> so you you, uh, you did not like the movie at all, right?
0: No, I did yeah. not like it, and so, I wanted to really badly. I
1: understand. So, so tell me all the things because I had a similar probably similar reaction, not as strong as you the first time I saw it. But but let's talk about Blair Witch Project a little bit. So
0: yeah, I have, what, I have just in general, I have strong reactions.
1: Right? Why why didn't you why didn't you like it?
0: Well, you know that like super scary part when the rocks and sticks show up?
1: <laughs> okay,
0: that was crazy. Yeah. No, it's like. I was so bored. I've never been more bored watching a movie. And I'm like, I had, I even had friends over. Because I was yeah. like, I was worried it was going to be really scary. So, and I'm like, okay. everybody talks about Blair Witch Project, how notorious it is, and how right. amazing. So I'm watching it. And, like, the characters are unlikable. Which could right. be on purpose. And, you know, they're obviously really good at acting. But the characters are unlikable, so I'm not attached to them in that way. Um, I never see Blair. I'm like, where's Blair at? never wants to Blair the witch make an appearance.
1: Yeah. The witch. Except for like,
0: like I, so, and then you never actually really saw anything. And then the thing about found footage films, like I have to respect in it that it was one of the first found footage films or was, maybe it was the first. I'm not really sure. Right. But, um, it's like, I know it's artistic, but I felt like I could not see anything at all. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, what's going on when they're running. They're totally running. I'm sorry, that. I'm cutting you off, no, no, but he, they're running through he, the darkness. Yeah, they're yeah. like running through the darkness and they're just like, they're just like screaming. Like, what is that? What is that? <laughs> and I'm yeah. sitting on my bed. Like, what is that? Honestly, what is it? I do not know. Like, what are you looking at? And I, I was yeah. insanely bored because I never once saw anything of importance. And then people talk about the ending about yeah. actually, I would like you to explain the ending to me because I honestly yeah. think it has, I think I, I was supposed to feel something or I think I was supposed to realize something, but when it ended, nothing clicked, and I was like, okay,
1: Well, there's that di- was it. Yeah, there's different theories about the ending. But, uh, well, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I could talk about it, but um, I, I don't know. Anyways,
0: those are my thoughts. Yeah, yeah, I hated I, it.
1: Yeah, I actually read about the ending recently, uh, just this week. Uh, there's different theories about, about that ending. Because one of the – anyways, but let me just say, I, I, I somewhat agree with your feelings. So this is what it was for me. <laughs> For me, I went in just like you with expectations. Like, because I didn't see it in 1999. I did not see it until probably about 10 years ago. So, about 10 years (laughs) after. So, about 2010, 2011 is the first time I saw it. And I went in, I just watched it on TV, though, of course. You know, I didn't see it in the theater. Might have been different in the theater, Mm -hmm. but, but, um, I went in with the same kind of expectations as you. I, oh, I just heard, just like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I, I heard this is a super scary movie. And, um, I, I realized by the end, for sure, but it, you know in the course of the movie, this is not what I was expecting. And so I was resisting liking it, but then I, I, I realized my expectations were getting in the way of what what this movie really was. and this movie Ugh. I would say this movie so we're both we always bring expectations into a movie and there's nothing wrong with that and, and, and to am even, I
0: gonna have to watch it again?
1: Well, this is what <laughs> I would say Chloe, you're probably gonna be oh just like God. just like me 10 years from now. 10 years from now, 20 years from now, maybe you will enjoy Blair, Witch project a lot more <laughs> than you do right now. Uh, oh, no. oh, this is what I would say. My, my first reaction to the movie, I give it a, I was going to give it a six or seven out of 10.
0: I'm like, I'm like, I'm like one out of 10. I just, okay, I okay. I was well, so
1: bored. It, 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 may, it might be hard to, to I, I'm a little surprised about that. And I'll, I'll tell you why, but I was going to say now though, I give the movie. Okay. A, okay. A, it's a definite three nine out of 10. A, yeah. Well, three out of 10
0: is, because me, it invented found footage.
1: Yeah, but no, I don't give it credit for that. I don't necessarily give it credit. I don't, in other words, I don't, I don't say the movie is good because it invented that. I, I, I'll point that out. But, yeah, I'm, I'm totally behind backing you on your feelings because Pauline Kiel makes this clear in her reviews. She says, I don't care about, you know, wh- like what the movie means to a future generation and all this kind of stuff. She doesn't really put as much credence in that. She is always just like you, she is responding to how am I feeling while watching this movie, and I'm going to articulate well, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So it doesn't matter that the movie is groundbreaking and all this kind of stuff, it really doesn't. Uh, was the movie effective and what? And I would say the movie really is not that scary, but to me, the whole movie is fascinating. So, so, um,
0: what part? Name one fascinating part, the whole setup,
1: the whole setup, the fact that, uh, The, the girl the girl is making they gonna make this movie and to me I was laughing during a lot of the first part of it
0: I was laughing I was so annoyed I was so I wanted to punch that girl in the head <laughs> God I hated her Heather Heather, yeah, yeah, Heather I'm, personally, I'm sending out a hate message to Heather <laughs> Heather whatever your last name is yeah I hate you
1: yeah <laughs> so I was awful I, I enjoyed all these characters because I I did for most of it now now some of the quote-unquote scary scenes in the woods. Weren't, okay. as, weren't as not as believable. I agree with that. But the whole setup, like, I'm surprised as a film student, you didn't kind of appreciate some of the goofiness, no. goofiness of them getting their camera ready and talking about making the movie and doing some of the test filmings and then the actual films that they did where, where she's like, she kept saying, oh, I don't want it to be cheesy. No cheese in this movie. And then, and then the first scene that they actually show that she filmed, she's standing in front of that graveyard yard and she says, you know, real serious. You know, to me that was hilarious. Like, so it, I it, mean,
0: yeah. If we're if we're rating it as a comedy, it has right. really funny parts. Yeah, but if I'm reading it, it as Blair Witch Project horror movie, it sucked. But
1: yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I would say it is comic. <laughs> There's a lot of it that is comic. It's comic, and it's also it makes me a little bit um, the anxiety in the movie is for me is was very well done. Not 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 the scary aspect. But when they start to get lost in the whole relationship between the three of them and how they're arguing with each other, you really, to me, I felt like I was watching real life. Like it was. I it did was, too. And I was so was, annoyed. Okay. Okay. And, and I wasn't annoyed. <laughs> I was intensely interested. And now, now I see those scenes. I watch this movie again and I still feel that it was real. Like, like they were really going through this when they weren't, it was total acting they they uh, ad libbed a lot of the lines,
0: which I mean, probably, I can actually, I can feel, I can feel what you're feeling because I do have to yeah. say, like the people who are acting clearly are amazing because they got this reaction out of me. Like when the when the one guy announced that he threw the map in the lake yeah. or whatever, yeah. I the reaction I had was visceral. Yeah, I was yeah, so yeah. I had had enough. I he had seen wanna, enough. I didn't want to tell. Heather I was done.
1: Good. And Heather was. So I good. was done. Yeah, Heather was like like okay. <laughs> I just need to know if you have the map, <laughs> if you have the map, just just show me. I, I don't care that we're not using it. I just want to know. And then finally, and I think they, he was drunk or something, maybe. That's why he kind of yeah. said, I threw the map away. And he's laughing about it. And she was so upset. Like, that was so intense to me. And, and you're right, That was.
0: How- and that was, like, my last straw. I was like, I just cannot take this. It was like, yeah. there's no scary. It's just drama.
1: Okay. Yeah, I'd almost, I'd almost, you could almost call Blair Witch not a horror movie, for sure, you know.
0: Definitely it, not, would never consider it.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah. So, um, but, but, but then I, I'm watching it multiple times. <laughs> I also times.
0: found it, oh, wait. I'm laughing because I'm, I also found it really funny because some yeah. of the, some of the cuts were funny. Because, like, it yeah. would go from just being, like, the the dramatic Okay, I found it really jarring whenever it would be a really intense nighttime moment where they're right. breathing really heavy and they're like they're outside of the tent like what is that? And then it would yeah. just cut to like morning. And I'm like, "What?" Right. I feel like it would just it was abrupt.
1: Oh yeah, a lot of contrast, a lot of abruptness. Yeah. Um
0: I feel like the pacing was weird.
1: Yeah, bad pacing. <laughs> I'm just being funny. <laughs> the
0: pacing. I, I was the into pacing, it, Steve.
1: I was, I was into it. Uh in, in with multiple viewings I, I actually appreciate the movie more and more and it's not scary per se but <laughs> then I, I can't identify okay so imagine imagine you were it wasn't successful for you but imagine if you were these characters and you were camping and all of a sudden all these rocks piles of rocks showed up and none of none of you all did that
0: someone <laughs> oh. someone
1: came out into the woods and did that and then all those crosses all the different not the crosses but the uh, the stick the stick things all those symbols. Yeah.
0: Well, we actually, the girl that came over, we actually had this discussion. We were like, the concept itself of, like, camping, being lost, and then you wake up and stuff is just, like, there. The right. actual concept is very scary. Like, I would be pissing my pants. I'm sorry, I just said piss. The That's point funny. is, I'd be scared. Yeah. The thing is, though, watching it is, yeah. n- is like, so boring. Because that means the you. only scary thing I'm witnessing is rocks.
1: Yeah, and uh, let's just go right to the ending. When they get to the house, um, who is the character that they – they um, the guy that's standing – he's standing in a corner. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of watched him multiple times. It's still kind of hard to really follow exactly what what's
0: going yeah, on. Yeah, I don't know.
1: But they, but they do they do a good job of uh, – I think Heather's camera – is so Heather is filming, and then the, uh, the mic. Uh, the audio
0: is, like, disconnected from a different – it's like, the audio is coming right. from a different camera that we're not seeing.
1: Well, there's two cameras. I understood two, that much. They're both filming. Heather, Heather's filming. I think her camera's black and white. The other guy's, is it Josh or Mike? I forget which one. Whichever one was. I
0: don't last. know. Whichever one was still alive.
1: Was color. Wait, so, I
0: think because he's yelling. They're yelling for Josh. They're going, Josh! So it had yeah. to be the other one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So Mike. Yeah. Mike. And, and so his camera's black and white. And... The the assumption is that they all died, but they, the only you don't see any bodies. All you ever see is 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 it Mike standing in the corner? For we thought reason. that might
0: have been Blair, but we don't. I don't know. No,
1: that that wasn't probably not a witch, but but uh, we there were just hopeful. There was talk earlier, so it's a reference back to I guess all these kids were slaughtered. You know, uh, going way back in time and. Uh, at, at one point, I guess the characters were asked to stand in a corner or something. That was referenced earlier in the movie. So that's why he's standing in a corner. But I don't know if it's the witch, supposedly, that's controlling him. Yeah, it's it's very abstract. You know, the cameras basically fall and that's it. So uh, you could say, well, not enough was shown. So that's why it's not scary. I mean...
0: I just I, felt really without closure.
1: Right. Definitely there's not closure. Yeah, yeah. So.
0: And I, I, I felt like... I didn't like it and there was no closure. It was like, okay, what was the point?
1: Yeah, I, I definitely was interested the whole time. Wasn't necessarily scared. Um, I was more scared seeing it in the Enzion theater with the filmmakers <laughs> actually in the room. You know, uh, seeing it on the big screen definitely had a different effect than watching it on on TV. Uh, but it was cool what, um, meeting those two guys, Edward Swan- Sanchez and those two guys that actually put it together. But, oh. but those three people film those clips themselves like the directors they actually did. I mean I believe it yeah they filmed most of like what's in the woods and stuff like that but then uh it was all about the editing process afterwards you know putting it all together and um I don't I don't remember I think I think they were provided food and they uh, uh and I think they were literally in the woods for a period of time where they did have to sleep in the woods you know to make it more to make them more anxious, I guess (laughs) kind of like Stanley Kubrick, but not really. They they went in knowing that that was going to happen. And so some of the, some of the emotions were real in that movie, but um, uh, anyways, that's, that's too much on the Blair Witch Punch. I just,
0: I don't know. I just,
1: that's fine. Um, (laughs) And in the nineties also had the full moon entertainment, which was another B movie, kind of like trauma. Trauma was popular in the eighties. This company full moon entertainment uh, made a bunch of movies in the nineties. Demonic Toys, Doll Man. Then they had Doll Man versus Demonic Toys, uh, Puppet Master. That, they have a series of movies, Puppet Master. Do you, you know any of the Puppet Master movies? Puppet Master? No, I do not. Castle Freak, Bad Channels. They made a bunch of them. I, I actually was part of the Full Moon. Back in the 90s, I was part of the Full Moon fan club. And they sent me like a, a, a t shirt, I think, and a sticker. And, stuff. <laughs> and I, 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 I don't know. it's was just part of the fan club. It didn't really get me any anything I didn't really buy any of the movies I just I rented them from a um, you know just a video store or whatever but full moon and now we're in the modern era the last 20 years 2000s and 2010s which they got a ton of movies you know so it's starting to turn around a little bit more right uh, especially in the last 10 years you know more filmmakers coming out making sort of more severe movies, uh, r rated movies um, yeah
0: did you,
1: did you ever see don't breathe you didn't see don't breathe in
0: 2016, um, no, I did not
1: because they did a sequel, which I actually saw that. That's we didn't talk about some of the movies we've watched recently. You said you saw, um, Malignant, right? James Wan. Oh my god, I and, ugh. and you were not a We fan of that. talk about that. Yeah, we talk about that. <laughs> you say we don't or we do? Well, we do. We need to talk okay, about Malignant, yeah, yeah, because yeah. yeah, I liked it, but it wasn't that great. Yeah, I, I liked it as it went <laughs> along, but uh, so but what um, didn't you like about Malignant?
0: Everything. I can even use the word... It's a strong word, but I can even use the word hate. I hated that movie. Everybody's (laughs) like, oh my god, it's so camp. First of all, I don't know what camp means. Camp camp means
1: comedy. It just means comedy. Spoofy comedy comic. (laughs) That's what camp means, yeah.
0: The thing about it is... I I wouldn't
1: describe it as camp at all. It was dead serious for the most part.
0: Yeah, people... That's what I'm saying. People don't know what camp means because I don't even know what camp means. The thing is, um, is I hated it from the beginning because I also... I just really... Number one, the main actress, her face annoyed me from the beginning. So right off, (laughs) right off the bat, I was already feeling irritated because just something about her was just rubbing me the wrong way, and I was like, okay, I'm annoyed. Which is nothing against her, nothing against the movie. That's just like my own issue. Yeah. The thing about it is, I just, oh god, I don't know. I just didn't really like the acting, and so then I felt like the performances were bad. Right. But then I knew what like. you know what's going to happen because number one, you see it from like the beginning and that I was able to, even though the plot is so insane, I was able to guess it.
1: Yeah, um, so we'll, we'll we'll give a spoiler alert for malignant. Spoiler
0: right now, alert but, for malignant. I'm going to 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 speak about. Yeah, so um, you can fast right
1: forward now. a few minutes uh, if you don't want to know the ending. But yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. So I'll uh,
0: put maybe I'll insert a timestamp and be like, if you don't want you to, I'll do that timestamp. So, so look in the description of the podcast. Did you
1: kind of guess the ending? Then I I, I was fooled. I did. I guess I was fooled. I mean, to from, a degree.
0: From the moment whenever she falls down from the ceiling and like you see the back of her head. Like it's that woman, that woman that's like closing down something or whatever. I don't really remember. And then she jumps down from the ceiling and you just see the back of her head and it's Gabriel or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Number one, let me go ahead and start by saying Gabriel. What? (laughs) Why would they name? First of all, they kept flip. Oh God. They flip-flopped between it being just a, like a parasite, like a tumor. Yeah. And then they would flip-flop between that and it being a real live living thing. And I'm like, pick one. Because yeah,
1: it's kind of both, I guess.
0: <laughs> they kept like, yeah, they kept flipping it around, and then I was annoyed about that because I felt like they could, they weren't they they just weren't specific. And then um, also that really bothered me is so she's still a person, right? Does she right. have any supernatural ability?
1: No, it's just that she had this other being like. <laughs> the- she
0: absorbed, that, she absorbed, she uh, absorbed a twin yeah. or whatever. But the thing that really yeah, bothered me yeah, is, so yeah. no, she had no supernatural ability. No. Why were the lights flickering? Why were the lights and electricity being bothered by Gabriel?
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess, well, I guess there was supernatural ability, but yeah, it, it, that part of it. Right. I agree. It was a little hokey. It
0: didn't explain that. It,
1: yeah. It wasn't also, clear whether it was supernatural or not, but it obviously it was, wasn't, but yeah, I mean, it and was so, yeah, but. It wasn't, yeah. It was both. <laughs>
0: the The entire time when she is the um, malignant, like, the guy with the whole suit of, like, yeah. and knives and stuff, I thought it was CGI, and I thought it looked really bad. They did use a real contortionist for that. But here's the thing. It just looked so terrible. And then also, yeah. and awkward and clunky, I was like, why are they doing this? Like, there's got to be a better way to do it. But right. then another thing is, she broke all of her bones and joints and stuff to like reverse herself into Gabriel, you know? And then whenever Gabriel was like re put back into her head, she just
1: unbroke her bones. Yeah. Well, that's the supernatural aspect of it, I guess.
0: (laughs) They just did not explain. And it made me so confused and angry. I was like, what did I just sit through right now? And they just, Oh God, I don't know. It just made me so annoyed the whole time. And I just could not stand like her literal skull cracked and then it just reformed and right. she was just okay with that. I was like, no. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the supernatural aspect. I guess it's, it's definitely there, but it, it was hokey. I, I agree. Um, I, I just, I do like James Wan's style. He's very good at, uh, uh making scenes scary. How, it, how it's filmed, you know, he's real good. Well, he at,
0: did the conjuring. So I was expecting right, more the from
1: conjuring, him. uh, even saw and, uh, insidious, um, all those involve, you know, filming scary things in a house, you know, type thing. So, um, but but th- that story has been done before better, you know. Um, what? Yeah, more than once. But uh, I think I, I sent you a link to, or I sent you a, a text to, uh, there was an X-Files episode, which the X-Files, you, you, should, you should get into that. Oh, yeah,
0: you did tell me about that.
1: Yeah, because the X-Files has a lot of horror in it. It's sci-fi mixed with horror, you know, and aliens and stuff, but... But some of the episodes are just straight up horror. And uh, there was an episode where uh, there's a guy that uh, has like a, a, a person like living in his stomach <laughs> that crawls out, though, and does the killings. <laughs> but but they have a relationship. It's different. So in Malignant, they basically they were sort of at odds with each other. Right. They were kind of is an evil twin. Right. This one, he was kind of an evil twin, but they also cared about him. You know, there was an emotional attachment in the X-Files. Episode. Well,
0: are you talking about Malignant now?
1: No, I'm talking about the X Files episode. But in Malignant, okay. they're they're not really right. They're, there's not they, any... they couldn't
0: decide. I felt like they were like okay. I should have cared for you, my baby. And then they, then the doctor was like, it's just a tumor. And then the other person was like, but he's a person too. And it's like, wow. no, I'm talking about
1: but the two characters, the girl and the Gabriel or whatever the, the his her alter ego, they didn't really have a relationship, right? between no. the two of them. It's just they, they were almost like not aware of each other. Well, they were the, the the evil one, I guess. Gabriel, is that the evil one? Gabriel?
0: Gabriel is the tumor.
1: Is the tumor, yeah, yeah. But it's not, there was never any communication like, you're my brother, right? You know, you know, let's... No. Yeah, yeah. That would have, to me, that would have added another dimension to it if they had done that. But anyways.
0: I really am glad they didn't because that was just too much. I just could not handle... It was just bad. I just... Yeah, I, the, the only thing I can say about it is I really just it was just bad right there just was not one moment I I was certainly amused the entire time but would I watch it again no never what
1: (laughs) yeah about halfway through I thought it got better but uh yeah overall it wasn't great uh,
0: there is that one my least favorite what's up with that one scene where she's in prison and it's just like a five minute scene of just women absolutely getting destroyed
1: yeah, that's the Gabriel like, <laughs> coming out and doing all that, right?
0: I was like, Gabriel hates yes. women. It's like a five-minute oh, scene okay. of just women getting ripped apart. I was like, what is going on? Yeah, and the fact I mean, that there was no cop there, I was like, girl, you're in a jail. How is there no cop right there?
1: Right. Yeah, I guess they, they figured, well, a bunch of women in a in a prison cell were, were, were fine. They're not going to hurt each other, but they did because of Gabriel. I
0: don't know. <laughs> women are crazy. Yeah.
1: All right. So, uh
0: Anyways, hated it. That's all I can was, say about it. Yeah,
1: yeah. hated *Malignant*. <laughs> um, but yeah, in the last ten years, there's been so many movies. I mean,
0: uh, well, I see your list right here. The first one on there is *American Psycho*, and I also didn't like that one.
1: Yeah, *American Psycho* is I I, I like aspects of it, but uh, it, again, it's almost more horror comedy in a way, you know. But it's very over the top too. I enjoy it's the very, book. The book more.
0: It's very much a guy's movie. Very much a guy like. Like a seventeen-year-old white boy would watch this, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, the character is way into image and stuff like that, right? With all of his, uh, his, way, yeah. his credit card and you know his his image is, uh, you know, uh, car he drives and music he listens to, but but he's also crazy. Um, mm-hmm. It's actually based on a novel uh, written by Brett Easton Ellis, and and the novel American Psycho is is better than the movie. I think it's more interesting as a novel, but. Uh, um. But, I've yeah. seen a
0: lot more of these movies because I've also seen The Village and Unbreakable.
1: Right. Yeah. The Village is. Uh, uh, I Sh- love The Village. I'm not Shyamalan. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised you like that one as much because uh, that was kind of that's a slow burn as well because there's a lot of you you learn about this village and the dynamics there, but uh, it doesn't really get really weird until the very end with the twist. You
0: know? Yeah, but that ending, like. It, ha- it sent, like, this emotion through my body. Like, okay. it-, it has one yeah. of the most amazing plot twists. Right. Like, I genuinely, I that is one movie that I can usually guess the ending of any movie. That's yeah. one that I, honestly, it got me good. Like, That's I was good. shocked. Yeah.
1: yeah, us too. We saw it in the theater. I remember Jill and I and uh, uh, Aaron and Sam, Simon, uh, Aaron and Sam uh, Simons, the four of yeah. us saw The Village together in the, mo- in the movie theater. <laughs> and we, we all turned around to each other. It's like, what is going on right now? When that twist was revealed, yeah, uh, but yeah, twist, M Night Shyamalan sells it so well because the village starts with I don't know if you remember it starts with a cemetery scene and they're bur- they're they're burying I guess a little boy died and mm-hmm. on on the gravestone it says eighteen like something like eighteen ninety one to eighteen ninety eight, so the movie is telling you this is eighteen ninety eight. the movie is telling you that. So I had that in my head the whole time, which is why. Twist, it's so shocking. The twist at the end is so shocking.
0: Yeah, it's insane. Even if you, if you are listening to this and you have not seen The Village, please go watch The Village. Yeah, I almost, is, I almost kind of gave it movie. away. I
1: almost kind of gave it away, but I, I won't.
0: Even if you know, just you have to experience it. Yeah, yeah, um, it's better than even though. Like I already knew. Well, I didn't know, but even if you already know, I am sure it's better than Six Sense. Um,
1: right. Yeah, I also
0: saw The Ring. That's also in your list. Oh, yes. Here.
1: Yeah, The Ring. Yeah, we talked about that last Which time. Yeah. The I last felt it was
0: good, but yep. a little, you know, a little
1: overrated. It's more thriller almost. It's got, like, uh, other aspects to it besides the horror, too. You know, the yeah, mystery. Yeah, I was
0: just really, I was just stressed.
1: Yeah, there's a ton of movies in <laughs> here, but, uh yeah, some of these you probably haven't seen. Uh, there's hostels listed in there. Eli Roth. The torture. Torture porn movie. Just kidding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then the 2010s, you know, you got a lot more. Wait,
0: wait, wait, wait. wait. Go, back, go back to the 2000s. Okay. I see Twilight on here.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I an Orphan. I listed that. Oh at, yeah, Orphan. Yeah, Orphan. I did listed that.
0: Let me talk about these. Hang on. We're yeah, yeah, yeah. going to take
1: forever. Oh, Twilight. Because
0: also yeah. right here, I also see Jennifer's body. So I have things to say about this. Twilight, yeah, yeah. a friend of mine made me watch because it's like one of her favorite series. Yeah, just and recently, I've only right? Seen for the just, first time ever. It was ever. two two or three weeks ago. I yeah. watched the first Twilight for the first time in my entire life. Yeah, yeah. And um, it was awful. Yeah, but
1: I kind of agree. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was terrible. The best scene in the entire movie, there's a scene where they're on the baseball field. Yeah, and yeah. Um, yeah. that scene—I would watch the entire movie again just to experience that scene. Yeah, it's just something about it. Also, it, the soundtrack was worth the movie. So, oh,
1: I don't even. I remember mean, the soundtrack—the soundtrack's good. Yeah. I don't even remember
0: the sound. The, the soundtrack is really, really good. Watching the movie is, is enough just for the soundtrack. And uh, honestly, I watched it and I had a lot of fun watching it because we just made fun of it the whole time. So we watched it like with the intent of just making fun of it. So yeah, yeah,
1: it's pretty, that was good. It, to me, it's pretty easy to make fun of, and I actually, if you amazingly, yeah. I read all four books too.
0: Oh my god, really? I've but never op- even opened one.
1: They're not good. The the third one I liked uh, <laughs> the most because it was more scary. Like like I, I don't I just I, I'm not so wasn't sold on the 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 whole romantic aspect. Uh, it just it didn't do it for yeah, me. Yeah, I'm
0: annoyed. I just yeah, want more yeah. vampire werewolf action. I
1: like romance movies if they're done well, and to me, it wasn't. It was just hokey, and I, I couldn't really get into it you know
0: yeah it's annoying and i plan on watching the, more of them because i plan on making fun of them yeah <laughs> um, um jennifer's body i actually is... never
1: saw jennifer's body i listed it on there these are not all movies that i have seen i've seen most okay of these, but that's one i haven't seen but i've heard it's real good so in my I
0: opinion it. i love jennifer's body it's one of those movies okay. that people hate
1: yeah. but
0: it's also one of those movies that's a cult movie like it's one of those yeah. that like people who love it love it and i personally love this movie yeah, I love Jennifer's body. It's Megan Fox and Amanda Seyfried, and um, I think it's really, really good. It's. I've yeah, heard. I am not fe- say anything. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll watch
1: it because I think it's available on Netflix. But for I heard from a from a, sort of a feminist standpoint, it's actually uh, it's 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 definitely a more interesting movie than well, Megan Fox in Transformers. It's not that at all.
0: <laughs> it's about. I mean, it's about <clears throat> love and lust, and it's about okay. Um losing people who are still alive like okay. it's it's amazing it's a really right. g- I loved it, and it's it's really not that deep, but I make it that deep, so I yeah. love it
1: no, but I, th- um, I think critic critics have, have pretty much said that it's it's one of the the best ones of that ten year period uh in horror, yeah.
0: And if you so. look at reviews and ratings, honestly, it's not rated very highly, but that's oh, because really? it is okay. one of those movies that's... Yeah. Like, I Googled it, and I was like, man, that's kind of sad, because I love this movie, but it's one of those movies that is it has a cult following, okay. and its cult following is aggressive. I'll
1: have to check um, it out. And then you and said... I think you, it's really good. You saw Orphan, Orphan just recently, right?
0: <laughs> Orphan is my favorite coming-of-age movie.
1: <laughs> oh, it's crazy, <laughs> though. That, that idea... I mean, that's a so, joke.
0: Obviously it's not coming of age, but no, it's not. I, <laughs> it's not. um, not even a little bit, but I did watch that last weekend and, um, I adored it. I have not been, I, I've not loved a movie like that that hard in a little bit like recently. So it kind of felt good to have that spark again, but I've also just been like side note. Another reason we haven't recorded is cause we've been super busy, but I've also just been like super depressed recently uh-huh. and like orphan was so fun to watch. It was, it really was like, It was so.
1: um, Yeah, it's. it's I don't know the plot
0: twists, man.
1: Well, it's so creepy in all the all the definitions of that word. (laughs) Literally
0: creepy in like (laughs) creepy. There's like sexual creepiness. Yes, there's age play creepiness. Right. There's freaking like the like the mom is weird. The siblings are weird. Then the orphans weird. Right. It has some gore. Yeah. It 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 has a slow burn. It has plot twists. That movie. Checked every box for me. I loved that movie so much. Yeah, I mean the
1: basic the basic story is you know essentially characters get picked off one by one, sort of. I mean it's not a slasher movie, so to speak, but it is a little bit. It's it's kind of, but just that idea. Like I said, the creepy, the the sexual creepy part of it is what makes it uh, unique. You know,
0: it's so also weirdly yeah. visually beautiful, stunning.
1: Okay, Absolutely yeah,
0: stunning. Right. You know the scene where the dad—it's like right—it's towards the end. The dad goes into her room and flips the light on, and and like it's her art on the wall. Oh yeah, that that scene visually gorgeous. Right, like it it had yeah. so many scenes that were so like there was also it was constantly snowy and gray, yeah. and she would kill people or whatever, and there'd be blood. So the blood against the snow was also very cool, kind of like Fargo.
1: Right.
0: Um, I love I love a blood snow combo. It was just really nice, but. Um, Orphan was a really, really fun movie to watch. Yeah, I and I I read
1: recently that they're going to do a sequel with the same actress. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe it's a prequel. I don't know. It's just weird. I hope they don't do age regression, you know, effects though, where they try to make her young or something. I don't know.
0: Oh, that would be so weird.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know how they would make the sequel, but I'm I'm, I'm interested in seeing it because I like the first movie, so. um,
0: I hope they don't ruin it because I'd be so upset because that movie is the first movie that I've like... Really really, really loved in a long time, well, that's just a lot I just haven't been watching other like a ton of movies lately except for like this month right um an orphan is like the best one out of the ones I've watched recently
1: so um of the movies of the last ten years in that list there what have you seen
0: um let's see out of these I have seen Did you see the per the purge no, I actually haven't.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, I just know about four of it because there's now. so many. Yeah, there's four or five. I,
0: think, I think there's there's more than that.
1: <laughs> and there's a TV series. I think there's five and a TV series.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I've seen World War Z, which okay. I thought was okay. Yeah. I thought was okay. What did you think about World War Z? I,
1: I mean, I liked it, but it wasn't... Uh, it, I'm just... I was Even at that point, I was done with the whole zombie thing, so... <laughs>
0: Yeah. But they were Listen,
1: the aggressive, fast moving zombies. So that kind of made it a little bit more. Exciting.
0: Well, those exciting. are actually just, those are more called the infected. I mean, Z for infected. zombie, but like yeah. infected kind of were introduced from the Left for Dead games. Oh, okay. Introduced zombies with kind of super power abilities. Right. Um, But, anyways, I, I liked it, but college is crazy because I talked to somebody the other day who said her favorite movie in the world was World War Z.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. And I
0: was like, I was like, what?
1: <laughs> you need to see, you just tell her, well, yeah, that's fine, but you need to see more movies.
0: <laughs> I was like, you need to see more movies for real. Um, I did not see The Conjuring because I think that movie might be cursed, and I'm scared of it.
1: You know what about The Conjuring? I, like, a lot of younger people really love it, and they say, well, you didn't like The Exorcist, so maybe you'll like The Conjuring. But a lot of people compare The Conjuring and The Exorcist, which is a very clear comparison. But a lot of people say The Conjuring is way better, and I say poo-poo on that. But, of course, you didn't like <laughs> You didn't like The Exorcist. But for me, The Conjuring was okay. But it's like, because it's taking place in the 70s, they're almost trying to sort of capture that Exorcist vibe simply by placing it in that time period. And, you know, there is a few scary moments in it. But to me, it's, it's so subpar compared to the intensity of that last half an hour, especially, of The Exorcist. When you're in that bedroom and all the things that happen and, and the, the Mercedes McCambridge, who does the voice, you know, it's a different actor, actor, actress that does the voice of the devil when she's possessed. You know, there's Linda Blair as the actress. She's like 13 or something in the movie. Twelve. yeah. But then Mercedes McCambridge is the actress. And, Do you know what she did? And all those th- that totally freaked me out. Like her voice was so good. That's just what it happened. is. Alarming. Yeah. 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 And I I didn't want to say some of the language because some of the language in that movie was.
0: It's like some of the things were visually even hard to watch. So the thing about the exorcist that the thing about it is that number one, I felt like it wanted me to care about the girl, but I really didn't because it just kind of threw me into the beginning. And I was like, it like kind of threw me in there and it kind of really started abruptly. And I was like, okay. And then um, I didn't care about any of the characters. Um,
1: and the story of the two priests, which, he, if you didn't care about the story of the two priests, then, then yeah, it would be not as good either, because there was that whole story, you know. That...
0: And, like, yeah, it, it's okay. I I think the movie, I don't know, just a lot of it was more, I just didn't like to look at it. because <laughs> all right. Because there was a lot of just, like, her stabbing herself, and I was like, I just can't do this. So... I just yeah. really didn't like it.
1: That's <laughs> I just yeah, didn't. The, the movie kind of takes you on a journey though. So, you know, watching it more recently. Was, oh yeah, it was, was a journey. I was, was trying to analyze it, you know, that basically the mother is sort of, you know, not religious at all, you know, not religious at all. And she's trying to figure out what's wrong with her daughter, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, the, the, the and, and actually Carol Clover in her book, when men, women and chainsaws, she talks about the exorcist in detail. And I, you know, I kind of learned a lot about how to think about that movie from, from reading that too. but, You know, it's basically you know, it's kind of a I I, you know me being a Christian, you know, that's sort of my my worldview. So it's it's interesting to me when movies sort of depict that, and uh, I always whenever a movie, and it doesn't have to agree with my worldview at all. I mean, Hereditary basically ends the devil wins, you know, (laughs) at the end. Yeah, also the the wins of Hereditary. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm not saying because I'm a Christian, a movie has to match up. The ending of the movie has to match up with what I. I believe. Oh no,
0: Hereditary is one of my favorite movies. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. Me,
1: yeah, me too. But it ends <laughs> you know, with the devil wins. But now The Exorcist does end with basically, you know, the devil is expelled. You know, but uh, I, I always kind of, you know, am, am a little disappointed in movies that depict religious things where they obviously don't have any knowledge of. They're trying to sort of depict things in our world. They're trying to do it realistically but then they say things like the book of revelations with an S it's, it's, it's just the book of revelation, you know, I just yeah. there, there were things like now exorcist gets it right. Exorcist gets it right in terms of it's, it's sort of religious things. That's just one small aspect, but it felt like knowledgeable, you know what I mean? The, the, the writer, and it's based on William Peter mm-hmm. Blatty's novel, you know, and, and then uh, William Friedkin and William and Peter Blatty, I guess, together, maybe wrote this. No, William Peter Blatty wrote the screenplay. William Friedkin uh, directed Friedkin, Friedkin. He directed uh, The Exorcist. But it felt very, like, knowing. Like, it knew what it was doing, you know. and um, But anyways, the character, the mother kind of has taken on a journey. Like, you know, she's thinking, well, we'll just go with science. It's the whole science versus religion, you know, that whole deal. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the doctor doesn't know what to make of her. And that scene where she's, uh, I guess she does it off camera because then the doctor comes back and says, um, does your daughter usually cuss? Like she didn't say cuss, use vulgarity. And she's like, no, you know, and she's like, well, she cussed up a storm. And then I guess he told her what she said. I don't remember what she said, but it was something really bad for a a, a Yeah, it was 11 year old, you know, Uh, because
0: most of them were really bad. (laughs) Because
1: even back then, there was probably eleven year olds that cussed like that. But she's the character's being portrayed as sort of this sweet, innocent, you know, girl, you know, almost, almost like immature for her age, you know. And mm-hmm. so, I don't know, just and just the the that journey that the mother goes on, which okay, okay, I'm not really a believer, but you know what, I'm just gonna I've heard about this this exorcism thing that we can do, so let's bring the priest in, you know, and then they have to evaluate. I mean, course. yeah,
0: I liked the, I like the journey of like the scene where she has to go to the priest and she's like, do you yeah. specialize in exorcisms? And she's like, I think I might need my daughter to get an exorcism. And she's like, she's like, I don't really believe and I don't really know, right. but yeah, I yeah, think yeah. this is what's yeah. wrong. Like that, that was interesting to watch her have to come to terms with this thing that is very much real that she did not believe in previously.
1: Right. And just some of the, the freaky scenes, like uh, when, the girl comes down the stairs and she just stands there and all the adults are there and they're looking at her and they're like, what's wrong, sweetie. And then I guess she pumps, she pees, <laughs> she, which I don't think. That's um, ever... I'll be honest. That was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I don't think she that's pees, ever been portrayed. She just peed
0: on the floor. That was never she just peed on the floor. <laughs> portrayed.
1: I don't think that was portrayed in any film before that. Not, not that necessarily that is a great thing that a movie has never portrayed something, but in this case, it makes it very intense. You know, uh, the, the, you know, fact that she urinates on the floor and then she says you're all gonna die up there which is really weird it's like all all of you you know (laughs) she just says that i i I think that's a line right from the book too i actually need to reread the novel i read i read it a long time ago but it just seems like that and then and then that, that last half an hour is to me it's the most intense scene most intense half an hour in any horror film ever for me just all the different things that happen you know in that um the, the the bed rising up, the lighting that he uses in those scenes. And of course there's no C G, you know, it's obviously no computer graphics, it's all done practically and that actually makes it more intense, you know, using yeah. the lighting and I don't know how they raised the bed, but um I mean it was it felt like you were really kind of almost like Blair Witch Project. I felt like I was really watching a documentary on extra you know, it felt real. I mean, you know, it was just very intense to me. I don't know. Were you kind of laugh, laughing laughing? Were you laughing during that whole part or he, he um I found scared. it to be
0: very funny. I did not think oh. it was scary. I thought the movie was oh, right. unnerving. I think cuz okay. like the scenes where the the girl would like like do really weird gross stuff, I was like ooh. Right. But then the scenes where she was like being possessed and like freaking out and like floating or running uh-huh. around or yeah. doing weird stuff like that was hilarious.
1: The next was so spinning, funny. the next spinning around. That was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, so you're saying funny. Yeah, to me none of that's funny. But but the thing is because in this day and age, so many of those scenes have been spoofed.
0: Yeah. Also, we're just super desensitized.
1: Desensitized, and also it's been spoofed so much that now you're seeing the actual scenes from where those spoofs came from. It kind of yeah. seems fu- funny. I can understand that, I guess, but mm-hmm. it's still pretty intense for me. It's my favorite, you know. I, I've said that, you know, so. Some people, you know, a lot of my Christian friends like to say, you know, how can you watch a movie like that? You know, with all that. And I, I, you know, I wanted to go through this whole thing, but I'll me just say this, uh, you know, uh, it, it, uh, that's why I love horror, especially supernatural horror, because it's actually depicting, uh, you know, it, it acknowledges the supernatural. I mean, acknowledge, I, I mean, I believe in that it's not necessarily because it matched up to what I believe, but, but it acknowledges it and it does battle with it. And most of the time, God wins. Essentially, Satan is destroyed. You know That doesn't necessarily make it good, but that's the argument I would use for my other Christian friends. I mean, I'm a Christian, and I would say, you know, if you want to see something in fiction depicted uh, sort of right, so to speak, you know, uh, you know, you should see movies like The Exorcist, but I guess some people think if you see demonic movies that, that could bring demons into your house and stuff like that, I don't really believe that because, you know, the Bible is full of supernatural stuff, you know, Jesus exercising mm-hmm. demons, lots of horrific things in the Bible. So there's horror throughout the Bible. So if you are a Bible believer and you say you shouldn't watch horror, well, then you better not read a lot of portions of the Bible. That's just what I would say about. But Yeah. Anyways, that's, you know, that's just, but anyways.
0: When I said I wouldn't watch the Conjuring because it's cursed, I just mean like, it looks like it's going to scare me. And also I hear stories about people who watch it and then like bad stuff happened to them. And I just oh. am paranoid.
1: That's fine. Well, you made it through. To me, The The Exorcist is way more intense than The Conjuring. Yeah, but that's a comedy. Okay. See, then you would would probably disagree with that, you know, because maybe you'll watch The Conjuring and think that's a comedy, too. (laughs) I
0: don't know. I just get – see, that's what I'm saying. It's like once I watch something, it's fine, but it's the idea that I build up of it in my head that will wig me out and then make me, like, not want to.
1: Now, you're not saying The Exorcist – exorcist was intended to be a comedy you're saying to you no
0: it just had parts that were just like like the scene where she's running backwards down the stairs i was like okay oh
1: let's let's talk about that i hate that scene i can't stand (laughs) it here's why i can't stand it it's the only time the girl leaves the room wait okay william that's interesting oh so i'm glad you didn't you didn't like that scene i thought it was funny Funny, yeah, it's ridiculous. It shouldn't be in the movie. So so <laughs> the, the original release of the film in theaters, and of course I saw the movie on TV, so they cut out a lot of stuff, but it was still the most intense horror movie that I saw at that that point, even the cut version that was on TV. But I'd forgotten that, so William Friedkin had a scene like that, that scene, but I think for the uncut version, they kind of redid it with some CG. Which is how they were able to do it. But that scene is horrible. It should be cut out of the. There's no reason the girl never needs to leave that room and walk backwards down the stairs. It made no sense. So in she the was original, just
0: in a silly goofy mood.
1: Yeah, yeah. In the original movie, that the girl never left the room after she got up there and is possessed. Which to me, oh, that see, very, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. The only scene in in this uncut version, they include that scene. I think they they CG'd it though. They they they. Because I think William Friedkin did want to have that scene in the original film, but he had to cut it because it, it, it just didn't come off that well. But I think they, quote-unquote, improved it, so they put it into the uncut version. But I can't stand that scene. It's the only scene I don't like in the movie because it makes no sense to me. <laughs> but some, some, For some people, it's their favorite scene. Wasn't that so cool that the girl walks backward down the stairs? Uh, no, it shouldn't be in the movie. That's just my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a cool effect, but it's like... It, it doesn't make sense for the rest of the film. Anyway, I'm glad yeah. you brought that up. I forgot about that. <laughs> Anyways, because that, that's been so done now with the grudge and these other movies where they have basically the head turns around backwards and then the character kind of walks on all fours like backwards. <laughs> that's yeah. Been actually- they even,
0: they even do that now in like haunted houses. They get contortionists. They like yeah. hire contortionists. to so, like do stuff to people. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. I guess someone could do that if they could spin their head around enough. <laughs>
0: Well, like not that, but they get people. They hire people to like bend over and like walk on their hands and feet right, backwards right. or
1: whatever. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. See. What
0: else is this list? The 2010s, so, I yeah, twenty tens. Yeah, 2010s.
1: Yeah. What else have you seen
0: um, on
1: this? We well, saw, I saw get the out. guest,
0: obviously, because we talked about that.
1: Yeah. Oh, the Babadook. We talked about the. the Babadook. Um, I
0: love the Babadook. Yeah, My me too. Was so good.
1: I'm so glad you liked it. Yeah, you loved it. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, it's a Jennifer um, Kent. Who's an Australian? Was, I mean, female director. Yeah.
0: Just the portrayal of how the Babadook is just the manifestation of mental illness is gorgeous.
1: Yeah. And her stunning. Yeah. Her not wanting to acknowledge her grief, basically just wanting to kind of move on and forget that her husband died. Yeah. Her husband died.
0: Exactly. Like her suppression of her mental illness, like just only made it stronger. And then her, once she was able to like, she would just, clearly she's just haunted by the past and by her own brain. And she just refuses to acknowledge it. So it just only makes it stronger, gets worse and worse. And finally, when she wants to acknowledge that something's wrong and she needs help, things get better. Shocker, right?
1: Right. (laughs) Yeah. She, she, she basically the the final message of the movie is that, well, we have to keep this monster here. We'll, we'll, we'll kind of feed him a little bit. We'll keep him in the basement, you know, or Oh my God. But my
0: uh, he's going to have to live
1: here with us. He's going to have to live here. And that's a good message that grief, you know, some of the things even I've gone through, you've gone through, my kids have gone through some, some things. Friends have died. I mean, everybody yeah. goes through stuff. Yeah, and, and you have to deal with that. It's always going to be with you. Yeah.
0: Because my favorite line in the whole movie, which is it's right at the end, is um, when the boy wants to go down to the basement and see the Babajook, and she says... Yeah no you will when you're much older and that's like
1: right that
0: line of of the how when you're young and everything is like you know you're a kid and life is like that and as you get older like you you have to start to deal with the grief and stuff and how he will even though he never knew his dad he will have to deal with the grief of of not having one and then so obviously he will meet the babadook when he's much older because he will face mental health struggles when he's older and I'm like that line sent the way that I had to pause the movie, even though I was right at the end and write stuff down. I was like, this is yeah. insane.
1: Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yes. Yeah, very good writing. Yeah. She, she's a great writer too. She didn't just direct it. Uh, Jennifer Kent. She wrote it too. Yeah. Amazing. And then, well, and, and you need to see the, the movie that she made after that was my favorite movie of that year. I think it came out in 2018 called um, the night nightingale. Nightingale, which is a more of a rape revenge. It takes place in the eighteen hundreds. This girl basically is raped and her I think her kid is killed in the beginning of the movie. The baby is killed. It's horrible. And so she basically makes it her goal in life to, to get these people. But it's 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 also a commentary on the Aborigines back in the eighteen hundreds and some of the um, mistreatment and all that of, of you know, it's very much an Australian film because she's Australian so she's dealing with some of their historical horrific things that happened I guess but it's a very well done yeah. movie it's called uh, what did I just say The Nightingale Yeah, so that's mm-hmm. I don't know what she's done recently but uh, that's that was the last movie that I saw of hers of course I got It Follows on there which you're not a fan
0: of yeah I see right after Nightingale is It Follows <laughs> one of my least favorite movies of all time
1: yeah it's fine it's fine yeah we don't that have to talk about that movie's just bad Yeah, that
0: movie's it. just so bad
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, I just, I enjoy the very beginning of that when the girl says, I think I mentioned it to you, the girl says, I, I just knew I was in a different kind of movie when the girl was sitting with these guys at the beginning and then she says, uh, I got an idea. She goes, I got an idea. And then they go, what? And then she farts. And she goes, oh, I'm sorry, it escaped. Something like that. I just, I thought, <laughs> okay,
0: I, I'll admit. I I'll admit. I
1: thought, that's cool, they're showing a girl farting on the screen. That's We're in a different kind of movie here, you know?
0: I will admit the writing, like some of the writing was very clunky and some of the dialogue was weird. And the conversation was awkward, yeah. but I will say that some of the conversations between like the friend group felt very real. Like yeah. that kind of crap happens with my friend, but like, right, right. the thing is.
1: Well, you weren't that plot. scared by It Follows, right? It wasn't really that scary. to plot. Some of the, the same. The plot
0: was just bad.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Because it's it's fairly deep. It's not as simple as. uh it kind of, to me, takes the Friday the 13th Halloween idea of, of sex equals death, but it, it goes... And I don't
0: like that idea.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, It's it's a that's a bit simple-minded anyway, but it, it takes... I that, know. It, it, adds, it adds dimensions to it, but yeah, we'll, you know, we don't need to talk about it.
0: I know, it's just because that, that type annoys me because I'm the type that's like the freedom of sex, freedom of the free will, whatever, and the fact that movies use that as propaganda to try and prevent... It just is, you know... <laughs> It just, yeah. I just get annoyed.
1: I, I liked how it was filmed too. The, the the movement of the camera was interesting in that movie. Now
0: that's interesting because I actually hated the movement of the camera.
1: Oh, all right, okay.
0: Because <laughs> um, there's one specific scene where I she's in the I want to say she's in school and she's in the the secretary or the nurse. She's in I don't remember. It's been like two years since I've seen it. Right. But what I do know is she's in some office and she's trying to run away from the thing that's following her. And so the camera then, as she's walking down the hallway, the camera starts spinning in a circle so slowly because we're getting a whole entire 360 shot of the entire room. Just like the way the opening opening
1: shot, same thing.
0: Yep. A whole entire 360 shot of the entire room. And it's so slow and nothing happens. And we're like, finally, that scene's over. Then the camera spins around again. And it's like, why do we need another 360 shot right now?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I have to watch Anyways. it again, I guess, to, to to tell you why why maybe I like that, but uh, I can't think right now, I don't have any ideas on that.
0: <laughs> see, those things just make me right. see, that just feels unnecessary yeah. and I just get annoyed.
1: Right. Yeah, that's fine. Um, so what other movies on this 2010s list have you seen? You saw Parasite? Get right? out,
0: obviously. I actually never did see Parasite. Oh, you did
1: see Parasite. Okay, okay, yeah, you need to see that.
0: Um I I never did see it, even though I you really saw Ma? To, but it's, Ma?
1: 2019. I did see Ma.
0: Ma. I see that there's Midsummer Hereditary. Love those. Yeah. We've talked about those a lot. Right. Um, I did see Ma. Now Ma to me is a comedy, and I love Ma. Yeah. I own it there's on definitely. Blu-ray. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's. Kind I of own gas it on Blu-ray. Sure. I
0: love. I love Ma. Let me tell you. Spoiler right. alert. My favorite yeah. scene in possibly cinematic history is yeah. watching Octavia Spencer's yeah. slam on the gas, run that woman over, and keep oh, driving.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, like my
0: favorite scene. She's,
1: she's pretty great just the way, the way it's that the so tone of the movie totally changes in the middle of that movie when she takes that gun and she and then they realize that but then i They're think like she, oh Ma kind of crazy then, but then she pretends she's like
0: oh jk you guys it's not loaded
1: yeah but then but the, but at that point you realize there's something maybe to
0: her. she's uh yeah, yeah. she's a little bit uh Psychotic actually the, that movie even though i joke about that movie a lot because it's i mean the movie's called ma and it's pretty funny but yeah. like I will say that movie is really clever because all throughout the entire movie, I kind of really pitied her. I felt bad for her. I was like, oh, man, like, honestly, get it. I was like, she's girl bossing her way through this. Like, do what yeah. you got to do, girl. And in right. the end, you're kind of like, okay, actually, maybe she's just like crazy. So it was one of those that you kind of were rooting for her most of the time.
1: Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. She was crazy, yet yeah, yeah, she was basically, uh, say, the protagonist, you know.
0: Because well, everybody so, was yeah. so mean to her. Right. She was having, she was just in, she was having her Joker era. Like she was going through her, her villain character.
1: Arc. Right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So, okay. So, I mean, we're pretty much up at the modern era. Now I mentioned there's been a bunch of, you oh, know, it's uh...
0: taken us um, two hours and about 40 minutes.
1: Yeah, and you know we could skip all the stuff that I have about all those other movies because we talked about them: uh, Carrie, Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, Friday the Thirteenth, Halloween, Psycho. Uh, well, we I kind of about,
0: wanted to do it like that.
1: We could talk about Psycho a little bit, but uh, a little bit more. There's, I just wanted to say, with Psycho, it, it's essentially invented so many things, you know that are. Never you know, now. it was the
0: first movie to show a toilet.
1: First movie to show a toilet. Uh, that the shower. <laughs> the shower scene is the most influential movie scene. Of any genre, anywhere, basically any thriller or any horror movie, especially, essentially has to show, uh, you know, pretty much a, a girl in the bathroom, not necessarily taking a shower. But most of the time, and they even show a lot, of t- a lot of times in a scene, they'll show the water coming out of the, you know, the stream of water, you know, coming out. down
0: the drain.
1: Oh, yeah. Just that. Like you said, before that, there was never a toilet shown. I don't think there was really ever a woman shown in the bathroom before nineteen sixty. Probably not. No,
0: because it wasn't wasn't nice or kind to have on film.
1: No, no. And just the whole idea of voyeurism, the fact that there was a peephole, you know, that Norman Bates was looking through. I mean, that movie was so, um, so many taboos that were broken in that movie. I mean, you know, well, killing the heroine in the first half of the film, that was never done. Janet Lee, you know who's the mother of Jamie Lee Curtis?
0: Jamie Lee Curtis, who I love,
1: (laughs) which is so cool that their careers kind of, sort of intertwine there with being both being kind of Scream Queens, so to speak.
0: Um, Um, Did you know that actually in the show Scream Queens, Jamie Lee Curtis um, was they like did a scene to pay tribute to um, her mother?
1: Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, Jamie Lee
0: Curtis was like a writer and stuff for it, stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I need to see that. Um,
0: I've never watched Scream Queens. I just know that they did a tribute because Jamie Lee Curtis was heavily involved in the creation of Scream Queens, so Scream
1: okay, yeah. Queens,
0: so they right, did a right, tribute right. to uh, her mother.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and the whole shower scene in general, how it's shot with, I don't know how many shots it is, like 52 shots or something, but, you know, it's a, a blade a blade is never going into skin. You know, like but when critics saw that and when audiences saw that, they swore that they saw the blade literally cutting her skin. And of course... There was none of that, but uh, just the way it was put together, you know. Um, uh, And then, you know, the transvestites, transvestism and sex and voyeurism and all the sexual crazy things that were in that movie. Oedipus Complex, you know, the idea of that goes back. But I, I think it's touched on in Freud, you know, the desire to sleep with your mother and kill your father. <laughs> you know i mean I don't I don't know if in the Bates motel series they because I know they i think I've only seen the first episode of Bates motel but uh, i think I've, I've not show. seen any of it yeah i've heard the show is really good and the first episode was pretty interesting I remember watching um, i don't know if the hint is that he killed his father or not but maybe I don't know but uh I, actually I don't even know how his mother died i don't remember if they i mean his mother was still in the house. i'm, I'm, I'm not ruining psycho it's 70 years old anyway
0: Spoiler alert! Psycho. <laughs>
1: the dead mother is in the house. You know. I mean, house.
0: isn't it? Isn't she like a skeleton? I don't know. She's it's a skeleton. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: So he dresses up like her, like he, mm-hmm. he remembers. Yeah. So, but that that yeah, that was never done. You know, not that I said, not that any a movie necessarily a seventy year old movie. You look back and you get bonus points to it just because of that, but still, seventy years later, that movie is still pretty shocking. I think you know, it's it's still pretty intense.
0: I mean I honestly enjoyed watching it. I liked it. Yeah,
1: yeah. So uh anyway, psycho. And I remember my in my in University of Florida my freshman film class, understanding film, the literally I remember my film professor saying, "Since now now nineteen sixty, and that was nineteen eighty three. So that was only twenty-three years. So from for the from nineteen sixty when Psycho came out, to when I heard my film professor say that in nineteen eighty-three, that was only twenty-three years that had passed. And he said after 1960, every single horror movie has had a, sh- a shower scene, and that was kind of surprising to me. But I think it's still oh. true today. It's still true today, like thirty thirty is that true? Thirty eight years later, I think every every sort of not necessarily a monster movie like Godzilla and King Kong would be considered. Okay,
0: well, Blair, Witch project does not have a bathroom scene?
1: Okay, no, yes, it does. Blair Witch has a bathroom scene in the beginning. Now, I don't think the girl's taking a shower. But they're getting ready in the bathroom and stuff. Yep, it has a shower scene. Oh, not not shower scene. It has a bathroom oh. scene.
0: Yeah, oh. so even even
1: the Blair Witch has it. I mean, it's not her taking a shower, but yeah. Um, but yeah, the use of mirrors in that movie and there's so many things in that in, that, in Psycho became sort of iconic as as symbols in in future horror movies. Mirrors, uh, doorways, staircases. You know, staircases. It seems like every house in a horror movie is a two story house. That, right, I think of think of any house in any horror movie, it's a two story house because you got to have that staircase, you know.
0: Well, so yeah, I mean,
1: there's probably. I think
0: you're, you're right, but,
1: but the staircase has just become iconic with the upstairs and the downstairs. Usually, usually, kind of, you're safer downstairs. Upstairs is where the bad things happen, you know. Just that whole... Yeah,
0: but yet division. every time some there's like a monster or something in that breaks into the house, the person runs upstairs.
1: Runs upstairs to be safe, that's true. But then the monster ends up getting up there.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously, because yeah. then they're just trapped. I'm like, you're stupid yeah, every
1: time. Yeah, they're trapped. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's true. I guess there's a lot of movies where sort of the bad stuff is happening upstairs, but then also the, bad, the upstairs is looked at as, oh, that's my safety. I can go upstairs and escape. But then... You have to, you'd have to remove the stairs once you went upstairs because the killer's coming right up the stairs after you, you know? Yep. <laughs> so, anyways. Um, gets them every time. But, yeah, we've talked about Halloween, Halloween, the opening of Halloween. We talked about Friday the 13th. I won't give it I away. I actually saw
0: the Halloween 2018 in 2018. That was the first one I ever saw. And then oh. just a couple of weeks ago, I watched Halloween uh, Oh yeah.
1: I saw Halloween 2018 one in the theater. I thought it was actually one of the best ones
0: I thought it was really good. I liked it. Yeah, it,
1: yeah, it's very intense. It's very well done. You wouldn't think the seventh or eighth Halloween movie would be that good, but it was... It was that was
0: one of the first horror movies I saw was... Um, Abby okay. Light was... You know Abby oh. Light from oh, yeah, Florida. Yeah. She oh, was yeah. up here for the summer, um, like, okay. for a couple weeks, and she was she likes horror movies, and she wanted to watch it with me, so we did.
1: Oh, wow. Shout out so to her. Got...
0: She does not listen... I know she does not listen to this podcast,
1: but well, we'll I know that's We'll so, get her to now. People...
0: Okay people that she knows because i think emma simons listens so that's like the one consistent listener
1: (laughs) right there you go um that's cool so yeah halloween 2018 yeah i thought that was real good um and then we talked about all these other ones that i've listed here babadook we talked Witch. so we covered it all so okay so now i'm sure you're gonna break this up but uh
0: well i think this is it's this is like we we'd like look what we did man we like did that yeah
1: yeah yeah and we covered everything that pretty much was on my paper. I mean, you know, it, not every single detail, but I haven't talked about Carol Clover. And, well, at this point, we, we can talk about A Quiet Place, Quiet Place Part 2, but with, there's going to be a new Halloween movie that's coming out in October. We
0: can just talk about, you know, it doesn't really matter. We can talk about whatever okay. we want, whenever we want.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> um, I like, don't know. That's, that's, I, that's good. Yeah, because, like, this is, this is like, long.
1: Yeah okay, let's just end it, and then we'll. we'll I, I would like to cover Quiet Place, Quiet Place Part Two, but we can do that.
0: Um, I do in, too. In October, um, but there's also always stuff we can talk about. And then once I watch The Craft, which is another horror movie.
1: Okay, so, um, so I'll make you sure know I, what I watch The Craft. It. Is yes, I don't think I've ever seen it, so I'll watch it. I'll it's watch
0: just it like women who are witches, and they just like do stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember the. Uh, I remember the movie, but I don't know if I've ever seen it. So
0: also watch Jennifer's Body and let me know.
1: Okay, there you go. <laughs> Yeah, there's other ones. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and you need to and go ahead and finish Friday the 13th, too.
0: I will. You know what? Maybe I'll also finish that today, and then by the time we record then, I can tell you that I can finish it. Because I'll finish that. I promise, because I only have, like, 45 minutes left in it. So I could finish that, honestly, like, while I'm eating food today.
1: Yeah, because <laughs> so, you got to get to the ending. The whole, the whole feminist thing
0: I did plan on it, but, like, this morning it's... I woke up late and I had stuff to do, and then I was like, let me set this stuff up but do we need we need an intro thank you guys for listening <laughs> or outro i mean thank you guys for uh listening to the podcast this is an episode where we talk about horror movies obviously
1: yeah we're gonna do this and as a multi-part uh
0: multi-part
1: yep
0: episode this one that we're recording right now will be split up into multiples you might hear this in the first one i'm not really sure um we, we can
1: say and this is the end of part one of
0: let's do some sound bites. <laughs>